Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cantinamics Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jaime Landeros. Joining me tonight, well, we're going to get into it tonight. We have uh, some restructuring happening after the failure we had in the World Cup. It seems like they're taking it serious. And today, we've had a little bit of crumbles as to what the next four years may look like for the Mexican national team and the Mexican league. But before we go into that, we do have to address some last-minute transfers. Today was the last day, and we do have some players leaving, some players joining. And obviously, we're going to talk about La Jornada and some of the results that happened over the weekend. Before I go any further, let me welcome my good friend Joel to the show. Joel, how are we doing? Really good, Jaime. Good, good day for... Uh... For a podcast with all the all the football news coming out, it seems <laughs> like we do have uh, some people in the FMF that listen to La Cantina, and they've uh, taken our criticism and they're they're starting to apply it. Yeah, not, not just FMF, but also Fútbol uh, Picante. Uh, we were we were making the nacho hot take. We made it the the previous podcast and we had done it like a month before and then we had um uh, what's his face pretty good troll um what's alvaro? that host guy name? yeah alvaro alvaro he, morales he went a bit further <laughs> made some news I don't, I don't think nacho spoke about it <laughs> I mean, can you speak about that? He basically said that they're, uh, what's the word? Kind of like discriminating him. Discriminating him because he's a... He's a yeah, so his looks, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't fall in line with all the promotions and advertisements and marketing that the Mexican national team requires. Yeah, as, as, I mean, yeah, it, it's kind of... You know, I think especially for like in a show like that, he would have talked to him first and and kind of seen what his experience was before then just making those claims. Um, but I, I don't. Hey, I, it makes for me, a while. It makes me wonder. Do you think that uh, the FMF paid for Hector Herrera's uh, plastic surgery? Damn. <laughs> no, but I do think maybe his like promoter or whatever said pressured him. You could get you could get more deals, you know. Uh but that's that's just this ugly duckling type. He's because you know he 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 did his surgery and like what was it a month later he was in the cover of GQ. GQ Mexico. Yeah. Um but I I do think because and this happens like mostly like with the entertainment, like movie, TV industry, where a lot of the actors will get some type of surgery. So, but I think that's a bit different than with Nacho. Nacho's more like, you know, his phenotype. Like he he just looks straight indigenous, and so there's that was kind of like where he was going. He looks like he this. fell off the set of Apocalypto, is what you're telling me. <laughs> He's running alongside Jaguar Paw. <laughs> I like my that's my favorite team, dude. When he, he makes it back to 
Oh man, I shouldn't get spoilers, but the movie's really old. But he, he runs back to where he's from, and and the other the other dudes are on top of the by the waterfall, and he's he's yelling like, "You're in my hood now. Come and get me!" Or you know, he calls him out. Uh, that was yeah, that was, <laughs> that was awesome. it's a great movie. Um, yeah, it is, dude. It is. I really liked it, and I liked it. Did it on the you know they used to. Um, I'm not sure which language. Uh, they were speaking in. I don't know if it was Nawal or, or another one, but dude, everything, man, the the image, you know, the scenery, everything, everything was it, it was well done. And there were still people criticizing. <laughs> like, dude, it's not a documentary. They have to be accurate. There will always be someone criticizing someone. We have a YouTuber literally curing the blind, and people are trying to ki- complain about that. So. <laughs> We complain every week uh, on the status of the Mexican football team and and the league and the players, so we're we're part of the problem as well. But uh, we do. I do want to start out with the lightness. You know, we were talking about. Uh, we always talk about him, and um, unfortunately now he's going back to Mexico. He's going to Tigres. Now there are there is some hope. It's not a permanent transfer. He is going on loan, so maybe not the worst and some can argue that this is the best move that he could have made i yeah i agree in the sense that like you're gonna be starting um the proceso what what word would that be for uh in english the national team proceso um just like process the yeah that doesn't sound right (laughs) Sounds like processed food. Um, <laughs> no, but but you know the, the, the rebuilding phase. If you may, uh, you know, new coach going to be coming in. They're going to start looking at the at the at the players and start building a squad. They're most likely going to have a, a home base squad where they're going to work with. You know, um, try to get the most out of them, and and so to be all around all of that because I think it was a big fracaso for him to miss out on the World Cup. I would say more so than not making it in Europe. That's, I've, I've had my take on the whole Europe thing where it's more like, it's not always because you don't have the talent. A lot of times you just, you're just in the wrong team with the wrong, you know, teammates. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's it's such a shame because he, he, he came out of Liam Mackey's, uh, a le- not, a, not a legend, a hero. A promising prospect, yeah. A, pro- a promising gem. He, he he walks out of here with a with a championship, going to at the time the most competitive league in the world. Gonna have an older brother by the name of Guardado to kind of steer him the right way. You know, you know the language. Um, you do have the possibility of uh, expediting your European passport because there is Spanish in your bloodline. It's like this is a perfect case scenario for this kid. He's 19. He's going to Europe. He actually starts like immediately. He goes to like a Copa del Rey match and he starts dribbling around defenders and Speedy Gonzalez. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, 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 everything just got put on pause for like three years. And you're like, what happened to this kid? I know, sort of, sort of goes against that take about the better trainers. <laughs> you know, I, I keep hearing that go to Europe because 
you know, they have better trainers and you become a better player. And he didn't become a better player in those three years because he goes to Portugal, you know, a, a lesser league and in a team where he should have been able to to be one of the key players, and they sent him back. And he still couldn't what get playing it? time. <laughs> he couldn't even show up on the bench. That that whole narrative starts falling apart. That's why I never agreed with that take, the, oh, send them, because, okay, not really. Not, you know, it's not a given. It, it, I, and I think, hey, I'm not saying don't you, go. You can, lead a, saying don't go, you can but... lead a horse to water, pero lo pendejo no se le quita, okay? <laughs> And I'm just saying, don't go abroad. But like I'm saying for fans, don't think that just because he went, he's better off and that that player is going to end up and he's he has like a, you know, he's going to have better training and, and his power level is just going to increase. And it's like, no, I, I, <laughs> I've seen too many players that went, came back and then couldn't even hack it in Liga MX. So it's like, no, not really. I mean, you know. Uh, so I mean all that out of the way the times that he did get called up for the national team he showed up he showed up and he he did a uh, he did well for the lack of playing time that he was getting at his club it, it really did feel like he would come home and and they would they would give him the opportunity and it really did feel like he he could have made it to the world cup in the end he gets cut out and so does Santa Jimenez but the, I guess I'm trying to find, like, the positive in this. And, you know, he is going to get criticized because there were some some rumors about him demanding millions of dollars if he was going to go back to Liga Mekis. And... Well, those two, that's, that's, you know, I think a player of his, of his caliber, I think that's pretty fair, uh, the two million wages. Is it the European tax? It's like, I went to Europe, I was a nobody, but I come back here and I'm a somebody. No, well, he can't. I think had he done well, he could have gotten double of that. And I that want some extra guacamole. This is, this is like, there's not that many Mexican players of Linus, you know, like, like, like that, that, you know, kind of like, that does what he does, you know, like the Linus type, the trophies type, those type of players that, you Dynamic, know, creative. Uh, yes. Uh, and so that's why they're in high demand. And so, yeah, I, I could see why he would, he would ask for that type of money. And another, another thing is the marketing <laughs> side of it too, right? Yeah. And I mean, and he's already shown he could do well in the league, uh, you know? So I don't, I don't, I mean, of course, there's that risk that he's already damaged, you know, sometimes because players and things that happen in their life and then they just they just can't get their head back in the game. Uh, we saw it with Neri Castillo. We, we saw it with Gio not too recently. Uh, so you see it, what happens to players that are, are talented, but there's things happening in their personal life. And... Who's that, that, who that player with Tigres? He was like really good, but then he got really fat, like in the nineties. Pastor Lozano. Yeah. Oh, but he was still good. <laughs> he was just. Fat. He was still good. <laughs> yeah, he was. He even went to the selection overweight. Um, didn't get go to the tournament, but he he was a good player. He just ate too much cancitos, or I don't know what he was eating, dude. 
they call them tortas al pastor, I think. I forgot. They had nicknames for that guy. But yeah, <laughs> it's kind of how Chofis was. If you would have stayed at Chivas, I, he would have been overweight. And then every other game, he would have like just done like pulled off some pretty amazing goal. Damn, boy. Damn, boy, he's thick. Boy, that's a thick-ass boy. <laughs> I saw a photo of him. I'm like, damn, dude. This guy was a professional player. He's like Cavanias, bro. He, he could have had what Ronaldo had. I forgot what it's called. Something with the glands because, you know, uh, Ronaldo ended up getting fat, too. Uh, the Brazilian Ronaldo. Yeah, I, there's a meme that was going around on Twitter about like, um, what was it? Uh, she said she wanted to have, she wanted me to have Ronaldo's body. Little did she know, I believe there's only one Ronaldo, <laughs> and they show the photo of the Brazilian. <laughs> and and he, he don't look like that there because he was bigger. He was actually bigger than that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, man. It's it's that whole thing, man. With with the who was saying it? I it was Aguirre. I don't know if you heard the press conference, and he's talking about how he's always telling players to save money, and he says that he sees it too often now with players that it becomes easy for them to spend like thousands of dollars on a watch, you know, or mm -hmm. on fancy clothes or cars, and he says this. This money you're getting, once you retire, it can dry up within two and three years. Two or three years, it, it will dry up. Absolutely. And, and then you don't have that quality of life or you start struggling to to have a, a, a living, you know, a, a livelihood. How, how are you going to, you know, pay rent or, or support your family? And and it's, it's um, that's that's why I've, I've always been... Now, oh, I haven't been like critical about like some of these guys when they come back or they or they cash in as as we say they'll cash in and they'll take a big contract somewhere like MLS because it's it's you know it's that thing where their career can end where their career's gonna end and then it's like okay well what am I gonna do next a lot of these guys all they've done is football and so and even a lot of them even though it doesn't seem like they've been around that long. We have to keep in mind they've been playing at like a professional level mm -hmm. since they were like 12, you know, where it's like a everyday thing where they have to go to practice and go to tournaments and traveling and, and, and doing all those things. So, yeah, a lot of them will end up just fed up with that lifestyle. Um, but but the whole ending up poor thing, yeah, we see it a lot. And I, I kind of saw it, Jaime, at the... At the um, you know when there's Mexico games, they do a fan fest outside of the stadium. Yeah, and they they bring up those washed up players from uh, yesteryear. Yes, dude, and it's kind of sad to see them sometimes. I was looking at one from far. You know, it's just like, what is this Ramon guy doing? Ramon Morales. You got your Ramon Ramirez. <laughs> I don't think Ramon is washed up, but you got um. Who I've seen, uh, Claudio Suarez. I've seen uh, I've seen a lot of players, man. I, I forgot who I saw, but this dude looked hella sad. And it's like, <laughs> the, the excitement is because the game's going to start in the stadium and you're out here trying to sell car insurance. 
and it must fucking sting. And at one point, you were the dude they were idolizing in there, dude. And now you're out here standing outside, almost like a billboard, hmm. trying to bring in people. And it, it, you know, fucking sucks. And it must, it must like to an extent, like, and and that's that happens to because you know, there's only so many spaces for like TV, right? That that people that are gonna make it and be on a TV show or they're gonna end up being a directivo. It's very few if, if we think about it because there's hundreds and hundreds of players. So it's a small, very small group that once their career ends, are gonna end up still involved in football. Uh, some of them that stay involved, but like in the much lower leagues, well, they're making peanuts compared to what they used to make. Like it, it might as well be a hobby for them. Yeah. Yeah. You got, you got people now taking advantage of uh, social media and the internet. You have, everyone has a podcast now. So, you know, yeah, Ramon, Ramon, Morales, has Ramon Morales has a podcast now. It's like, you know, there are ways to get your revenue streams up, but we're, we're talking about Linus here. He's going back to Mexico. He's, he's going to Tigres. Tigres seems to be the captain save of, of Liga they have money? You they had a, how many, how many, how many careers have they? We talk about Salcedo. We talk about Salcido. We talk about Omar, Omar Bravo, Aquino, Diego Reyes. Who am I missing Damn. here? Who am I? Captain save Yeah. But, but you know, like, I know as Chivas, I would have liked to have some of those guys back. At least when they had just returned instead of getting them when they're already, like, in their last leg. We eventually got them back. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> they, were for the, they were more apt to play in the under-40 team. We, ha so, we, have, uh, we have Ricardo. He's here. He's been quietly... He you he he weren't here yesterday, Ricardo. We missed not yesterday last last podcast. Last podcast. Yeah, man. I, I want to know how how he, he must feels have been about celebrating that, that. But they still celebrating that big zero win over mighty Mazatlan. Oh man, six zero. Maybe that's why he's back on the podcast. He can finally have something to talk about. <laughs> they got that slump buster. Got they that. Hit the, they smashed the gordi buena at the party. <laughs> Buenas noches, gentlemen. I, I guess you guys got a little bit of an early jump, huh? Well, that's all. We we were we announced it. Yeah, we you were too busy uh, uploading uh, photos. You didn't. You no. missed. <laughs> <laughs> I was just giving kind of you. A I was giving you a thumbs up, man. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, I was eating. I was eating dinner. I didn't even look, man, and, and I see, and you guys are on. What did I miss, man? Nothing, dude, because we we we're saving the juicy stuff yeah. for later. We're, we're oh, saving okay. the the big the, the big discussion for everybody to join in. But right now, we're talking about Linus returning to Tigres or Liga Mekis, rather, and how he has a second life here. He has a se another opportunity to just get playing time and, and get his career back on track. Maybe get back on the national team. Yeah, and I, I, I think based on his demeanor, uh, just coming back, I do have a little bit of concern that that he's just at, at, at a point that he's going to be, uh, I guess, se va conformar, right, with, with what's going on. Because at first, I'm kind of in the, of the mindset of, 
you know what? These guys have a specific lifespan. Make your money, uh, you know, get your playing yeah. time and enjoy yourself. Yeah. But there is And I was going to ask you, did, did you see the Javier Aguirre uh, in, like, he was doing, like, a press conference? No, I, I, I you mentioned just it. just about that. You, you, you mentioned it, and I, and I just did not catch that. But, uh, uh, so he said something similar to that? Pretty much what you said, yeah. He said oh, okay. it, it doesn't last long, and, you know, the career could be 10 years. That's not a long career. No, no. Mind, like, there's people that work 50 years of their life, 60 years of Europe footballer. Could be 10 years right and he's not the biggest guy he's not the biggest guy in the world all it takes is one big hit on him and he's done um but there was just something about his demeanor that that that, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way oh what was it, it i don't know man i don't know what it, kind of man it was just sort of like like uh it gave me this expectation that like Linus is just gonna collect his money and uh, and go on the Ronaldinho diet when he was in Querétaro, man. Do do you think maybe he's feeling kind of like maybe not the pressure, but like all this talk, just calling him a failure and all of that, and so it's sort of like I, yeah, getting two hands. You know, I, I hate when they do call people like that a failure. You know what? They gave it a shot. Uh, it didn't work out for them. Uh, it, not everybody's a failure when they go out and give something like that a shot. It's just his situation yeah, seemed yeah. a little bit, you know, uh, you know, just did, the things didn't go his way. There was at one point, it was who's who's the manager? Was it Pellegrini? Was they was had the, a, they've had a few? <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying yeah. to think, but 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 he had started winning the confidence of somebody. Then he got hurt and got COVID and. He never made it back, but he was starting to gain confidence at one period of time. And it just, you know, he lost all momentum with the, with the injury and COVID. And, uh, and so it, it's, it's, you know, it's a bummer. He didn't make it, but you know what, go out, get your money, play. And if things work out, you're back on the national team at some point. Yes. If you, if he decides to, uh, to give Europe another shot, that's on him too. You know, go oh, for it, whatever. You um, yeah. So well, this, just this a guy, just a reminder. Uh, it is a loan; it's not permanent. Oh, okay, okay. So, well, hopefully, you know, and hopefully for his case, he he has a good season. Yeah, and it could, but you know, having a good season doesn't mean he goes back. It could be, it could be that his price tag goes up, and yeah. Tigres, America, whoever could be like, all right, we'll pay, we'll pay whatever, and. And he can stay. And I think the hypocrisy with some of the fans is going to be if he makes it to the national team, which I'm pretty sure he will if he plays good. Uh, if he starts scoring some nice goals or doing good, mm-hmm. people are going to forget all that all that devil goal. They're, they're going to forget all that shit talking. They're oh, yeah, no, no. Yeah, the, your, Europe's going to be a far gone conclusion at that point, man. <laughs> I no one's going to care anymore. That's... <laughs> That's the whole thing, man. It's Ricardo, you unmuted, man. He muted himself. Buenas noches. How's it going? Buenas noches, Ricardo. Hey, good, good, man. It's good. Our number uh, one fans in the building. Let's go. Number one fan. I missed the last show. Unfortunately, I got hit by a drunk driver. Nah, you're lying. Oh. I think it must have been Alexis Vega, but ah. <laughs> I, I really. I, 
<laughs> I really hurt my I really hurt my elbow, but all's good. But like you said, hi man, I tuned in. I'm the number one fan, and I really enjoyed the show. The last week's show, you guys had some pretty good points and some pretty bad points. But I'll let that slide. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys are giving this medio metro midget too much time. <laughs> he is a failure. He failed in Europe. His daddy was meddling with with all with the coaches at Betis and in, I don't know how he meddles with someone in Portugal. The guy can't speak Portuguese, I bet, but he found a way to to try to father son coach uh, try to meddle with him too, the Braga coach. But you, for sure. But you guys see these numbers being thrown out there. I don't. I don't really know. Uh, Jose, the, Jose Ramon, the crypt keep, keeper Fernandez. He was throwing around numbers like three million, and other reporters were throwing around too. Wait, just you're talking about where he will get paid? His uh, his salary. Yes, salary. Yeah. Okay. That's and, nice, dude. And. Uh, the criticism, I get it. He hasn't played. And a lot of people aren't keeping that in mind that the, the, these, I'm tired of seeing these equals that Papi <laughs> just, they, they get uh, first dibs with the national team and they got the money to pay to debut in first division. And we, my hot take, man, we need some more, like, like Trump said, we need some more bad hombres on the field, man. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired of these European-esque Mexicans getting like, um, like you guys were mentioning my my guy Alvaro Morales. Whenever that guy speaks, I listen. His words like gospel to me. <laughs> he uh, you... he, he was having a, a podcast. He has a podcast on ESPN, and he was talking with that annoying Argentine guy with the beard, the one that always shitting on Mexican football. Wait, which one? Something there's a lot. There's some AZ all from Argentina. Oh. Yeah, the guy's like, very good. Not but, not one that does shows in the U.S. but does them in, in yeah in Argentina. All right. And he and they were talking. They're talking about that about how the youth. They're comparing how he was mentioned. The Argentine guy was mentioning how like the Mexican league is full of foreigners and they're mostly the good players. And they were talking about how the youth, Morales was telling him, well, the young players here are like middle class enough. And that kind of blew that guy's mind. He was like, almost like, I'm sure there's a rare exception and an anomaly in Argentina that these play, most of these players are poor. Yeah. In, Ur in Uruguay, the same. Um, I mentioned a couple of podcasts back about the, that makeshift uh, stadium that they have. Is made out of like a uh, paper mache. What? And th these these guys, they don't want to go back to that. That's why they try so hard. They don't want to go back to that. They're dump. willing to bite people. Exactly. And then you got you, you got this medio metro midget in Linus. No heart. No balls. No. Courage. Oh, dude. He was already. I really like the point you guys were talking about him. In the last podcast, you guys were saying that uh, if you you already got your your fancy European passport, you went through 
you did all the work to just go over there because they were saying also that his dad, he went, he bypassed Baños and went straight to Ascarraga to get the transfer done. Yes, I, um, I heard that too. So his daddy, is he, he's a daddy's boy. He's hijo de papi, like I said. Like, this guy doesn't have any motor, no drive, no eye of the tiger, no cojones. He's the opposite of the bad hombre that Mexico needs. Damn, dude. Does that breed even exist anymore? With the eye of the tiger? I don't know, man. Well, I just used it, man. I don't, I don't think there's any new kids out there that are, like, coming up from the slums or coming up from a small... Well, Alexis, Alexis Vega was, that was in the slums. Yeah, though. but he's not young anymore. He's 24, 25. I'm talking about, like... I mean, there, there's a few there. I mean, I mean, I, I can't right now give a, a, an example right now because usually some of these younger guys, they're not that known, and a lot of them, they haven't, like, said, told their story, but... Uh, I just remember Salcido, right? Was in Chihuahua's youth, and he actually quit it to go back to his job, which was, I think, like in a factory. And uh, where Real had to go, go look for him, and and then get him more money to be, to stay with the team, which was similar to Alexis Vega, who, who asked if he could live in the Casa Club because he couldn't afford the trips. And and then they didn't, and so he ended up quitting the team. And one of the coaches went to look for him, and and you know got him a place, even though he wasn't officially with the team. You know and that that's coming from his his own. You know, he said this in the podcast. Um, so you do have players like that. There are hijos de pop, but I think it's a, I think it's a mix of both. I don't think they're all. I mean, trophies, that, that one, I don't know, if after the Monterrey, you know, when he has this big game, they started doing all these, like... Comparisons. You know, you know, interviews and whatnot, and they went to, like, the mom's house, and it looked like some pretty bad neighborhood, and, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and it, so we do have uh, players that do come from a lot of that poverty. I don't know so much of the eye of the tiger, but I, 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 my suspicion has been because once they, once they land that contract, you know the contracts are usually three to four years. They get good money, and at that point you already made it. <laughs> so I do feel that you kind of lose that. Look at Guli Peña, like, man. This guy's making a career still. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like that. It's easy to lose that because you, you know, you buy a house. You maybe open an oxo, you have your car, you got women, then you just you just kind of feel like, well, I already got everything. What what do I want to keep? You know, I'm saying the average person, not not everyone. It takes takes a lot of uh, you know, because we compare these dudes to like the Ronaldos and and the bigger names, but the, that's like that's a you know that's a it's a different breed. That's a very, yeah, it's a whole different breed. And I think, I don't know if you guys have ever seen like documentaries on, on Jordan, uh, Michael Jordan, and even like on Kobe Bryant. And one thing they had in common, first first in training and last to leave. And these guys were already gold. And, they, and they're already, you know, working still... harder than their own teammates. Yep. And so very few have that. And of course, we would, as fans, we would love it if trophies had that, you know. 
for <laughs> first he's he's uh, last to come and first to leave. He's he's well, already on Chivas. It sounds like he's doing okay over Pachuca. Yeah, and I think you know what I think happened, Kodo? I think this guy saw the Grim Reaper looming behind him because no one wanted him in MLS, and I thought he had done well enough, but I guess his exploits must have gotten around. So they send him back. Nobody wants him in the IMAX. No one tried to get him. He's pretty much put on the, on the you know, on the manager special bin, and nobody, <laughs> nobody's put on clearance. <laughs> like the third clearance, aren't you seeing like? And they have products that have been reduced. Everything like must times. go. <laughs> yeah, no one was taking him. This guy was about to end his career in Liga de Ascenso in one of those. Costa Rica, you know, Honduras. Yeah, and then and then go over there. And, and uh, I think, was it Guzman that hooked him up? Victor Guzman that, you know, put in a good word for him. And then Pachuca kind of took him on loan. And they must have. Given put all these classes of like if you don't show up or you can do this, you ain't getting shit and se, se puso las pilas. So I'm glad he's doing good. That dude's one cheeseburger away from going back to uh, to nothing. No, <laughs> you, you I know, think he was. I think Ricardo brought up a good point, man, and and I don't know if it, if it's if it's just soccer, soccer or football or 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 or, or what, but. There is a lot of fathers that are sitting there meddling, man. You do hear about it quite a bit. Like, for example, Gio's dad. Gio's dad, yeah. Uh, well, you can you can go into to some of the South American players as well, right? What you about, about uh, Leano? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not talking about. I'm not. Ta- I'm talking about the player from Tecos. He was the. Same. They're related. Oh yeah. It was the uh, owner's son, and he had to play every game, and he was a tronco, dude. Yeah. There always seems to be something about a father, man. Yeah. The one story that, that that cracks me up is the one with um Neymar's dad, and how for Barcelona to negotiate, they had to like charter a private jet and I think hookers and whatnot, or like a tray of cocaine. I'm not kidding. It sounds like <laughs> sounds like well, that guy's a legend. Stuff up. <laughs> and he's like, and you need to provide this for my representative, and then uh, then we'll negotiate. Damn. They were saying about that that at one time, Neymar's dad was getting paid more than Neymar at Barcelona. I believe it. Like he was getting like players' salaries, and uh, it all went to shit because he had, he owed taxes. Right, that was a big issue. Yeah. Shit. At with that point, I mean, I, I'm breeding you like a bull, and hopefully you produce more offsprings, and I have rights to the firstborn if I'm giving <laughs> you that type of money. <laughs> uh, real quick, you uh, going to the YouTube chat. We have Ruben Cartier saying, this is one of my favorite pots to listen to. Always an interesting, hilarious listen. Can't miss them. Keep it up, G. Thanks for that over Thank there you, on sir. YouTube. Well, we've made about 35 minutes without talking about the big topic. There's been some uh, proposals, some restructuring going on in FMF. It looks like after us getting eliminated in the group stage in the in the World Cup, they're taking it serious. They're restructuring the league. There's a lot of things being thrown out there. 
we can neither we can't confirm everything is official yet but some of the things they're throwing out there is they're going to be eliminating repechaje so up until now 12 teams were uh, eligible to make it to the playoffs Jaime, Jaime. yes Sorry to interrupt. I, I didn't get my take in there. Oh, go ahead. Ah, we were waiting for you, Ron. No, we're just we're just we're just starting on that part, Ron. I was just getting a late uh, a late dinner. I, I did, uh, take a take long, a deep breath horns. right now, Ron. Buen provecho. Thank you, thank you. No, here's the thing. Like, would you guys consider Riquelme, Martin Palermo? Andres uh, de Alessandro, would you guys consider them like a bad players? No. No. Who was the third one? Pa Palermo, no. Riquelme, and. De, de Alessandro. Oh, no, not at all, man. No, they were all good players, man. Yes, and that they really, you could say that they didn't do well in, in Europe for any number of reasons. Problems with the coach. Going to shit like, for example, Andres Alessandro. I really thought that that guy, you know, that kid was going to be fucking something special, and you know, in River and stuff like that. And then, 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 and then he goes off to Wolfsburg, if I'm not mistaken, some third-rate team in, in in the in the Bundesliga. Was there for about four years. Then he got transferred to I think Saragossa and stuff like that. And then next, you know, he comes back to the uh, to the Americas, and you know, he goes off to uh, Brazil. Uh, yeah, Brazil. And stuff like that. Yeah. All right. So. The, the thing is, I, I mean, honestly, I, I think it's too early to basically call Linus a bust because, like I said, I mean, you think of all the talented players, like all the talented players that basically went off to Europe after being stars in their local league, and and they just didn't do it for, for any number of reasons and come back, but they're still really good players, you know? Uh, you know, like, for example, Palermo. You know, Palermo didn't really do anything, you know, spectacular in Europe. He was he was average at best, and uh, and 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 like you know what's his name El Saviola didn't really do anything special in Europe as well. No, and he went so, straight to Barca. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and that's what I'm trying to. And that's the point that I'm trying to make is that is that I I think it's too early to basically call, you know just call his career already a bust and stuff like that because for like I said for any number uh, a number of reasons you may not do what you were doing in Europe, you know, and. Uh, and like I said, I mean, if 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 if, if Andres, I'm sorry, if uh, if Lainez can still have a solid national team career, like like you know, for example, like Giovanni, Giovanni had really at the club level sucked, but at the national team, you know, he did pretty well for. I mean, he 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 provided a lot of titles and you know and good moments for the national team. But, he's one uh, of the he's one of the more rec decorated Mexican players, right, on the national team. If I have that yeah. right, yeah, Olympics he, he, under seventeen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that, I mean, I, I personally don't like. I mean, I, he probably he shouldn't have gone back to Tigres because that's just. And I said, and I said this because I mean, I remember this back from the '90s where that it was that Chilean player that played for Cruz Azul and also played for Tigres. I mean, back then he he he, that player. I think I think it was Nunez. I think even said about the Monterey teams back then. We're talking back then, saying that basically they were paying more than Cruz Azul. They were paying more than than America. And with almost like zero pressure because, you know, that fan base tends to be a little bit more, you know, embracing, you know. So I, I just I don't I, I don't know. I, I, that's my only beef is that he should have gone back to America. No, America um, wasn't willing to pay the, the no, two million. Because, because well, here's the thing. Like I said, you know, like you guys, you, you mentioned it. 
all the players that keep, that keep going back to the Monterrey based teams after after Europe or whatever, you know, with you know like Layun or or Diego Reyes or you know you, you name it. Yeah, you know, and shit like that. So it's like I I think that that's just the wrong move to go. And I mean, I, and I get it. I mean, money's you know they want they want they want paycheck. Like I mean. If you if I were to ask you guys to take a pick at none of you guys would you know would do it and you guys would tell me to go pound sand, you know? <laughs> I don't well pick it for like two to three years. You know? <laughs> so So that's my take on it. I, I think it's too early to still, you know. Yeah, uh, no, no. You 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 can't marry Linus at this point. He's what is he, twenty twenty two? He's young. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. He's he's he still has a bit of time. I, yeah, obviously, he can still have a, a successful career. Like I'm not right. knocking on no, that. No. I, I mean, think, think this, the, only, the only thing is he could get derailed by an injury or something like that. But I, I think if 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 he if he's focusing and he really wants to go back to Europe, he'll 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 produce at Tigres. Well, the the media has made the whole Europe thing. They they blown it out of proportion. Yeah. The whole like that's like they make it seem like that's what you have to do, and then like these guys that. Say that I don't see you trying to do that. You know, I don't see Fightison trying to go to England and cover the EPL. I don't see those guys bad feet, dude. That guy can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine they him running the, around? They do the opposite. They come to the U.S. and then they'll criticize the other players who come to the U.S. and yeah, say I, that they, they ended their career. To, and you know, I know, like I know some of us are the ones that, that subscribe to the Europe as the end all, especially with. It, especially with the uh, the the way that the Mexican player is, right? The most competitive teams that they've had in the World Cup have, have been mostly Mexican-based players, right? So, yes. I mean, I, I don't really I concern... Uh, these days, I don't concern myself with the player going to Europe. If they want to no. go, go for it. A picar piedra, right? To try, try to make it. Don't be a little bitch. <laughs> uh, well, I think one of the things that you... I think it was you, uh, that said it uh, last week was that the Mexican press is so fascinated with the the, the, the term fracaso, you know, failure. They are, and, and I remember that that kind of took a different, you know, different dynamic when when La Puente said it because if I'm not mistaken, I think he was criticizing La Volpe. When they, I, I don't remember the, the the backdrop, but he said, remember, in, in like in the next day in the press, fracaso, so 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 so, so you know, and and I just remember after that that thing with La uh, with Manolo. It seemed like the press was just always out to to basically assign that that word, you know, that word to anything, to anything, to any project, to any player, to any coach, and and, and, and it's like they would do it just just to get a rise out of people and just to basically assign, hey, you're a failure. Like you know, it, it's like it's like they enjoyed it, you know, and it, and it's funny because I mean when you know when I when I think of that. I think of the product W40. I mean, they failed 40 times to get to that product. You know what I mean? You know, so it's, I don't know. I just, I just think, I think that the, the, the Mexican press is just in a way they're just, there's, it's sickening the, the, how much they just love it when people are down and out or, or not having a, you know, a good, you know, a, they're in a slump or they're in a, you know, in a rough patch. It's a clickbait. It's, yeah. And, they, and yeah. they they rise these rise and fall narratives is that's what gets clicks that's what gets views and and unfortunately it's like one extreme or the other there's it's always like it's that. what sells yeah no it, it, what really caught my attention I think when I really it really caught my attention was uh, after the La Volpe um, uh, cycle as well and it, it, 
I don't know what it was that caught my attention about it, but I'm sitting here thinking, was it really an absolute failure or is that who Mexico really is, right? A yeah, team no, of round of 16. Why, why is it always an absolute failure? You know, maybe they set objectives, they didn't meet them, but to call it an absolute failure, there's just an obsession with that for click. I think that whoever said it right now, that's, a, that's clickbait. I think it's probably yeah, the... Okay, yeah, no, wait, <laughs> I think that's perfect. It, it, it is used for clickbait, and then the listeners, the people who watch these these uh, sports shows, they buy into that. Yeah, especially if you're new, if, if you're just getting into the sport, and that's how you, we learn about it through through reading reading or, or watching or hearing these, you know, uh, the journalists presenting the news. But then it's it's become much more than just presenting the news. It's now mostly opinion based, and and they'll pass that off. You know, they'll pass that off almost as if it's fact. And, uh, they're what? just going off of their own takes. Well, and that's why that that Teo uh, Dene show that that was on with with El Vasco and all those people was oh, a breath was a of show, man. That was a breath of yes. fresh air yeah. because it was footy talk, right? Because you go to ESPN Deportes, Fox Sports, some of the other Teo Dene shows. It's just opinion. There is nothing on there that has anything of value, except people freaking yelling at each other the whole goddamn time, man. It's really. <laughs> It's hey, really annoying, right? Sometimes you need that shit in your, and you know, you want to watch some shit like that, but <laughs> it is refreshing to see like legitimate ex players and coaches give if, their if, give their take on things that were happening in the World Cup and seeing it from a different right. perspective. It was such a, but that that show was such a breath of fresh air. But if the, if this podcast is going to become a uh, ESPN Deportes uh, football picante, I hope Joel and Ricardo just in a parking lot, man. Right now, you know, start throwing hands. To what? Hey, I, I feel we, we mostly agree. Shows, man. <laughs> no, I I enjoy them, um, but I'm just saying they shouldn't be a show for where like I'm saying if you're new to the sport, you're gonna get influenced in a bad way, and and it it affects the way you see. Because I, I remember um I remember this 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 uh. Put this on hot take very clearly. It was after the, the Olympics that the team failed to qualify in Carson. Uh, when when and, Hugo was coach? And, yes, when Hugo was coach and that team missed, like they could have scored 20 goals and they, they so kept missing in front of the. El, el Paleta and Santin. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was painful. Um, oh, but it was yeah, and then and then Guatemala over there, the fans cheering for Canada to keep scoring goals on them. <laughs> it was like it's almost a comedy. Um, and and so that night, you know, the the, the I go see spicy soccer, and Falcon is saying a whole generation is lost. And I'm thinking, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> if you go to the Olympics, it's just three games. You're telling me we lose a generation of players? That generation was really, trash, anyways. Which, which is like what twenty two players, twenty three players go. Only eleven are starters. I mean, regardless, it's only three games because you didn't play three Olympic games. I was like, this guy's full of it. This guy's full of it. The, the generation with with uh, Rafa Marquez, they 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 also failed to go to the World Cup. I mean, to the to Olympics. the Olympics. And that was with Marquez, a big you know, went on to become a world class player. And they had other other talented players in that squad. 
that nothing was, you know, nothing of value lost. You just missed on a tournament. Again, at most, you're only going to play three games. And and they're not all going to be top-tier games. You can end up playing against some third-world country and then against maybe some European team. And then, like, uh, you know, almost well, there, South American. Yeah, that was a game against Togo. That was, that was after the uh, that was for what the, for the Sydney Olympics, right? Yeah, but see, then yeah. you you're you let's say you're new to the game, yeah. and now you're like, oh shit, you know, it now sounds really bad. That sounds just bad, and then you're you're just thinking that what's gonna happen, and you know this guy just sort of sort of helped you form your opinion, even if you didn't realize it at that moment. I wish I had the clip, but Bielsa was talking about it, uh, like the importance of like the media, because he says they're the ones that educate the fans more than anyone else. And he was saying how it's mostly trash. And that why, why it's, you know, it's uh, sometimes the fans who don't realize certain things. And it's because, yeah, they, a lot of those things get ignored. For sure. Well, we have a lot to unpack, so you better buckle up. I, I, I think that's where the uh, and I I've I've always thought why they don't do this, but you know you, you can't control the league. The league cannot control what other people like what other you know uh, news organizations do or say. But that should be more incentive for them to have something similar like NFL films where oh, dude so I the guys that did the music run. Right, right. From you know Sam Spence and the like, you know, the, the classic battle or you know the, the defense. Like if you look at you know if you go to like Spotify or something like that and you just I mean you can work after that shit, you know? But but what I'm saying is that they aside from I read this a couple years back, aside from World War II footage NFL has more footage on a single topic other than the World War II of, 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 of American point, uh, football. And like and that to me, I think that that's one of the things that, that you know, and that goes back, and we'll talk about that, you know, it, you know later in the show, you know, when we start talking about the, the shit show that, you know, came out today from uh, the Federation, but of, of them having... If they were if they were to get together and actually have something like a Liga MX film, where they're basically promoting their own sport, they have their own shows, they have their own you know camera crews, and, and they basically promote you know uh, the game and, and basically really go inside you know the, the league and stuff like that, like NFL does. I mean, I know that we would have a much much better product, uh, but again, you know. Everybody, everybody, I think everybody took Rodney Dangerfield's advice from back to school. You know, hey, look out for number one, but don't step on number two, you know? Every, every club is looking out for themselves, you know? And, and, and they're like, and they're not, you know, looking at it as, as a collective, you know, uh, uh, entity. But so, never mind. That was just my take. For sure. So, uh, kind of going off of what happened today as far as announcements, I'm just going to go over them real quick and then we'll dive in. Uh, as far as repechaje, so it's going to be eliminated and it's going to go back to, I believe, the, the top eight teams. Uh, as far as extranjeros and Liga MX, 
not a big change there. It's going to go from eight on the field to seven. Uh, Ascenso and Descenso, it looks like they're going to bring it back. And uh, it's going to help out with the young players. Multi propiedad, so, you know, dual ownership, multi-property ownership is going to go away. And there is going to be an incentive for the team that is the most consistent throughout the entire calendar year. So there is going to be a title for that team that, you know, accumulates the most points in 34 fixtures or 36 fixtures, how many teams are in the league. And then they're also going to encourage the clubs and the league to export players to Europe, young players to Europe. So these are some of the things that were proposed today. I would love to hear you guys' thoughts on this. Now, did I understand right when, when they mentioned that they're going to have a, a long tournament, right? But they also want to have a couple of playoff scenarios like they would on a clausura. No, so, so basically what they're going to do is they're going to do the equivalent of the MLS Supporter Shield. So you're still going to have your two Ligas, yep. but, but, but then at the end of the year, they're also going to give a title. They're also going to give a championship to, to whoever accumulates the most points. So basically it's a, it's a, it's a Supporter Shield. Um, so, I, you so know, that to me is... Which one's the most prestigious one then? Will it still be like the winners of Ligia? Uh, I mean, ultimately, I think, yeah. I think, I think what, I, I don't think so. I mean, I don't, I don't think so. And I, and I think this is where I was expecting more changes. I mean, uh, substantial changes because it, it, you know, it took them 60 days to basically come up with their, pro, with their project, which is nothing. It's just fluff. Everything, everything that they've mentioned, they have said before and they've promised before. Okay, so th there's nothing new there. Okay, so you're going from eight uh, uh, non non Mexicans to basically seven non Mexicans. Wow, it's, you're, still, <laughs> you're, you're still incentivizing. You're still incentivizing basically having a a, a flea market. Okay, <laughs> where, where 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 clubs are going to basically just you know buy players, hang on to them, you know basically trade them as commodities. So I I don't see the big changes there. Um, but for, for me personally, like I said, uh, okay, the other one was what uh, eliminate um, eliminate uh, multi ownership by 2026. They promised that 10 years ago. And then, it, I thought that was, oh, yeah, they did. I thought it was 2018, though, as well. Yeah, I mean, they, they promised that 10 years ago. They promised that, you know, and then, next, you know, in that time frame, and in that time frame, they actually increased the amount of, uh, of, of, of multi ownership, okay? And <clears throat> till, that to me is just is just it's stupid. And then they're saying, "Well, we're going to bring back uh, promotion and relegation." I I I mean, I don't know. If you guys realize this, but Mexico has not had since the night since actually since the early 1970s a fully autonomous and independent football pyramid, meaning all the owners of the first division. Single are, are independently owned. The second division, all the uh, clubs are independently owned. It was around that time in the seventies and stuff like that. That's when you started to see the the the, the multi ownership. You know, with you know, Grupo Telesistema Televisa. And you started to see, uh, like for example, the, the the Mexican Social Security. The what is it? The IMSSS. 
you know, they, they started to getting, you know, some of, and some of the, 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 the governments would, would, would basically invest with the clubs and stuff like that. And they would have like, I think at one point, social security had like, they were like financing two or three uh, clubs in the first division. So for, for, you know, for, for me, the promotion relegation, I think has been a huge lie in, in Mexican soccer because because even when they tried to revamp it back in 94, 93, 94, when they had the, you know, when they started, it, it, they basically got rebranded from uh, Segunda to Primera A. And then, and then they got rebranded again from Primera A to, what is it, Liga de Expansión Liga or whatever? Ascenso. Wait, Liga de Ascenso and then Liga de Expansión. Right, right. And if I understood, if I understood this correctly, there's also, in terms of money for ownership groups, there's not enough of it in Mexico. No, no, you can't. I mean, honestly, if you can't have if you can't have a fully autonomous and independent first division with eighteen teams, what makes you think you're going to have basically a, a, a pyramid of first division and second division right. when you have first division teams that are basically are either are part owners or they're managing? You know, they're 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 basically doing something like people promotora type of stuff. And it's like, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think we should, we just need to come to terms that. That football, you know, soccer and soccer in, in, in Mexico is never going to be like in Europe. So we might as well just embrace the fact that, in in, in many ways, we're in American sports. They're, they're it's an American sport model. So they should just they should they should just you know go to the franchise model, you know, because no investor, like no investor in the NFL, no investor in MLS, no investor in MLB, is they're, they're, they want assurances. They're, they want insurances that they're they're going to be the only cat in town, okay? And that you know, and that you know, I mean, imagine. I think I think it was Atlantis president. What's the name? Uh, what's the name? What's the name? Garcia, whatever. He basically, I remember an interview once. He said that the difference between going, playing in the first division in Mexico and then you know getting relegated to the second division, you basically lose up to eighty five percent of your of your revenue. of your stream of your revenue stream. Yeah. That's a huge fucking difference. You pretty so, much lost the team at that point. Yeah. So, so it, it's like you know what? I, 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 I don't. I personally don't want to have a league like you know, like in Europe, where basically the vast majority of the teams are owned by foreigners. But you know, I, I mean, I'm not totally opposed to it, depending, 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 the vetting. You know, if, if they vet the, the if they vet the uh, the owners properly. But I, I think we should just the, the league should just say fuck it. We're 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 going to do something. We're, we're going to be the NFL. We're going to we're going to basically model ourselves after the NBA, the NFL, MLB. Our fans love the playoffs. There's no way you know you know we love the playoffs. Okay. There's and and we've loved it since the 1970s. There's no going back. So basically, you know, and also have 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 the uh, the, the federation. You know, do the do the rights as a, as a package, not not where every team is basically you know looking out for themselves. You know, and that's why you're having all these problems with streaming and 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 the TV wars and the streaming wars and shit like that. So until you get that fixed, everything else doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you reduce. I mean, the only thing that may help you is just a reduction of foreigners to like to how it was you know during the presidential decree. But but it's not it, it's not going to change the way the business is done in Mexico. Because because you, you can you can okay you can you know put some you know little minor fixes like you know you have, you make sure that you know you're giving 
you know, a player's X amount of minutes, you can reduce, you can reduce it to five players, you know, on the field in Mexico city, or I'm sorry, Fort in Mexico city and five uh, around the other, you know, the country. We've, we know what that does. We've seen that for the last 30 years, you know, but what we have not seen, what we have not seen is actually an actual fundamental change to how, the, 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 the business model is, 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 is you know, the, the business model of Mexican soccer. It's, and, and we need to, we need to go, we need to do an independent league, an independent federation, or even if, even if, even if you don't do that, which I don't think that, you know, they're going to concede power. I think in that, and, and I think that this were, you know, you may have to have like government intervention in Mexico to do this, but at least, you know, if it's not going to be a separate independent federation and league, at least go back to the way it was before where the, the amateur sector, the amateur sector, the second division, the third division had, had a, you know, a equal voting power. Because if you think about it, you have 18 votes, 18 votes that control the fate oh, of that, everything else, yeah. of everything else. The coach. So the coach. And that, and that, changed, and that changed in the meeting back in the 70s in, in Querétaro where at one point the amateur sector in Mexico was actually the most powerful vote uh, in all Mexican soccer. And then, you know, hey, the Mexican, and to a certain degree, I, I understand it and I agree with it to a certain point. Say, hey, we're the first division. We're the ones that are generating the money. You know, we want, we want more say in the year. So, so like, but if you think about it, those 18 votes that, you know, those 18 votes, when they took those votes, you know, a couple of years ago about, you know, ending promotion and relegation, they screwed over every owner investor group uh, in the second division and in the third division. So, so imagine you're imagine you're in in, in uh, what 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 township are your folks from? I'm sorry, what was that? Well, like for example, just some 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 third division or some second division team, you know, uh, in the pyramid. You know that's that that's hoping to to basically make it to to the first you know to the to, from third division to the second division, and then next thing you know, eighteen votes from the first division dictate how you're gonna how you're going to operate. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't that's, make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, you know. No, the other thing that the other I'm not even all that excited about uh, them if they bring back uh, promotion and relegation. We've never had it. We've never we had we haven't had yeah. that. Really, since, Real. since, since the 1970s. Yeah, the, the, the other thing is this: the, the Mexican second division is saturated with foreign-based players as well, right? So, uh, yes and no. I know that there was. I know that in, in the you know in the, in the basically from the 90s forward, I know that they that they had there were times where the leagues basically put a limit. So I'm not sure. You know, I haven't. To be honest, I haven't really seen the the lower divisions in the past. Uh, other than other than when uh, was it uh, Tampico won it? Uh, a couple was it with Orlegi? With Orlegi, yeah. Yeah, you know that's really the only final that I've seen in the past couple of years. Yeah, I thought I'd, I, I'm trying to think back on when it was. I was looking back, and you know, I'm trying to remember which uh, which which club down in the second division it was, but. You, I think like there was like eight or nine players. You know, you see Uruguay, Argentina, Brazil. You know, all these, <laughs> all, yeah. all these foreign-based players. And I'm sitting here going, that second division does nothing for for uh, for development of of, uh, of Mexican players either. So, what am I excited about? Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, it's true, and, and and it's funny. I was actually you know looking at this a while back. I mean, Tecos, who's no longer in the first division, they were the last team to actually go from basically third division to the first division because other teams basically usually buy themselves buy their way into the first division. You know, I, I thought San Luis did that too. No, no, they they, they, they bought they bought franchises. Mm. All these guys, even Santo. Santo basically bought over a franchise like in 1988, 87 or whatever, and then they became, you know, Santos Laguna. But like they didn't, I mean, it's not like there was a third division Santos or a fourth division Santos, and they, you know, they gradually went up, you know, went up the uh, the pyramid. Becos, if memory serves me, is the last team that was a- that was able to do that. You know, every every other team somehow, you know, whether it's Jaguares, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, Mazatlan or whatever. What about Leon? Purchased. Leon? Well, Leon, they've gone through different ownership groups, but I mean, they, they, they were one of the, you know, um, I mean, their history, I mean, they, 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 they've, if I'm not mistaken, I think they were part of the original first division. I'd have to check, yeah. but first, first Campionissimo too. Yeah. First Campionissimo. I mean, they were a powerhouse back in the day, you know, with Dumbo Lopez, which I didn't realize. I, he after his play career, I uh, I read somewhere that he he basically went off to the U.S. and I think he he actually passed away a couple of years back and I think he was living in L.A. Oh, yeah, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. So like I said, promotion relegation. I think we're we're just you know the the average Mexican fan wishes to have something similar to like Spain or England where you know you have a Copa del Rey or you have FA Cup or stuff like that. But yeah. for that, but but in reality, you, you need you need you need all independent teams in every in every uh, pyramid. You know, it's the romanticism. It is, and, it is. and then and then again, the media as well that will criticize it, but then not explain the other end, the business aspect and how it works. No, and this is and this is where they this is where they don't understand the finances. Or the business aspect of the sport, because you, you wouldn't sell, you wouldn't sell a, 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 a Chevy Nova in Latin America. You wouldn't sell what is it, a Nissan Moco, in Latin America. <laughs> so, so I mean, that may work in some, in some, you know, you may sell a Chevy Nova in the U.S. or in Australia or wherever, you know, but you know, no one wants to buy a car that says Nova, you know. So that that for me is where is where. You know what the the European model is great for the Europe for European for for Europe, but it just doesn't work. It's not really it's not very it, it doesn't really work here in North in North America, and and I think the faster we embrace the fact that hey we're not gonna we're not gonna have a European model. I, you know, know, I think a lot of people forget that football in Mexico was very centralized, and it was yeah. very recent that it expanded to try to cover most. And even doing that, it hasn't been that successful. No. Uh, which was I was I was arguing the other day uh, that how like Mex City should have more first division teams. It might be late for that now. At one point, it did though. At one point, Mexico yeah. City had a lot of a lot of teams, but 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 again, I mean, we're we're not you know we're not you know Montevideo, Uruguay, we're not you know Buenos Aires, you know stuff like that where you have 15, 16 professional teams. You know, we just we, we don't have that. We we you know our football since basically the sixties and seventies, 
basically went away from the club, the, the, the you know, the club model into the corporate model. So, so it's not like, you know, it, it's not like, I feel like it's not like in, like in Argentina where you still have socios and stuff like that. We, that, that no we, needed, we needed, we needed a dictatorship like in Argentina and Brazil so that they could build the, they could build the clubs for the people, the bread and circus thing, go yeah. and build the fields and keep them, keep them busy with football. That's yeah. a part of, part of what happened in those countries where the, um, the government will build some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, but, but we're not. You know, we're not. We're not. I mean, I, 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 I would, I would venture to say that if you go to the, to the American sports model, and you basically have okay, so, you know what? Let let's say, let's say the Liga MX can do 30, 30, uh, 30 uh, teams, but you get like say, let's say the people. You have Saltillo, you have Mazatlan, you have every 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 basically town. Think of think of like you know think of like other places like Celaya, you know that have a lot of history in soccer. You know Veracruz has a lot of history in soccer. You know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of you know uh, markets that right now don't have first division but used to have first division, but right now I mean. Ownerships, like I said, these ownerships don't really want to invest heavily because they're afraid that they're going to lose their investment. So they have no assurances. And especially now when, when you basically, when 18 groups, 18 owners, in reality it's less because you have, you know, Grupo Orlegi and Grupo Pachuca that, you know, that have multiple votes. You know, if they can pull the plug on, 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 on the second division for five years, what, what about the, that investor in, in, in the second division? That says shit. That's it. So why am I going to invest right now if my team can't move up? Yeah. Hey, that's a good point because, uh, like, uh, oh, well, I remember that conversation. It was, uh, what was it? It's Habibi that was saying that they yes. should put a team in Chapas and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and then, uh, on the uh, Nogales. I don't remember what he said. He was, but, yeah, but... Go on. Well, that's a great point because uh, my dad, that that guy, that that poor guy, he's a Celaya fan. He was there when Butragueño <laughs> got there. That's and, a good fun team to watch. And he, he every other year, uh, I come to my parents' house and he's like, uh, he's like, uh, hey Celaya, when is Celaya playing? I'm like, hey man, they haven't been in first division in like 20 years. <laughs> I have, a, I have an uncle who's a Toros Nessa fan, and they don't even exist anymore. Right. And that's why I personally, personally uh, don't. I hate that the Mexican, the Liga in Mexico history is just thrown to the, thrown to the side like that. Because like, uh, like, like Chronicle just said, there, there's certain areas in Mexico with a lot of history and untapped markets. I've seen the ESPN guy. He was a, he retweeted an article about the TV ratings in Mexico, like the pop like the population areas where the most football is watched, and what a coincidence! It's Mexico City, Guadalajara, surprisingly Puebla, the GTO area, and Veracruz, and a bunch of those a bunch of those areas don't have a team. And that's untapped. That's uh, 
That's, they're just letting money go by just keeping bullshit teams like Querétaro and Mazatlan and Bravos. Bravos, I understand that the ladies got money. It's a border town. I get why it's there, but it's there. I think certain cities need if they got their shit together. They can make some money if they put a team in some of these areas. If if they basically did something to what like you know NFL does or the MLS does, just forget about forget about you know promotion relegation. It, it has not worked in twenty in 30, 40 years. Just just do the franchise model. I guarantee you, you would be able to put teams. In 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 Zacatecas, in in in, Puebla, in Jalapa, in Costa Rica, or you know Tampico, you know, uh, for me it's, it's it's unforgivable that Morelia does not have a first division team. It's unforgivable. You know, it, it you know I I think of like even like if you go like uh, you look at some of like for example the the, the places that play you know um, Pacifico the baseball so you know. And, and there's there's people that love sports in those areas, and and even soccer, and that that to me is one of the changes that I think needs to happen is is the franchise model because at that point I don't think that you need to go get uh, foreign invest or foreign investors. I think you will have enough. You know, there's there's enough billionaires in Mexico. To, 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 you know, there's, there's enough billionaires and enough millionaires in Mexico to, to basically have, you know, 30, 30, 35 teams invest, you know, um, investment groups, right? What you, what you just need is you basically need a, a, a model where, where basically, you know, like, you know, that, that same, you know, the, the tide, right? You know, you know, uh, what, what is it? The, the tide, the high tide, you know, rises, you know, uh, raises all ships or whatever, you know? If, if they would take work together as a group, a collective group with with everything, with their merchandising, their their um, you know the TV deals and all that stuff, you could you could you could have a very very um, popular product, both in terms of uh, or a very good product, both in terms of viewership and and marketability. But that's assuming that you know the owners feel comfortable. And, and, and investing into these uh, into these uh, into these markets, markets because yeah. there there used to be good markets there. You know, I, I saw a couple of days ago on Twitter. You know, they, I saw pictures of uh, a Pirata Fuentes. You know, and it looks just all beat up, run down, and stuff like that. I made a comment. <laughs> I made a comment. I was like, I just hope that it's going to be in good. You know, remodeled by by uh, by the time you know March eighth comes around. You know, obviously March eighth is going to be the twenty year anniversary of like Putazo de Faitelson. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, twenty years. Good lord, Damn, man! Twenty wow, years. We need we need the anniversary of Putazo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, but just like looking at that stadium, dude, it's like that's so sad because I mean that I mean I always thought I always thought that that was one of the you know that like in terms of like going there, I actually went there years ago back in the 90s um really it was, it was yeah it was a fun environment it was a fun environment dude it was, it was really it's a know, world great cup team. stadium right uh no 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 it's not oh no they didn't they didn't use it for the 70 and they didn't use it for 86 damn but i always thought that you know if, if you know 
that I mean, technically, it, it has the the capacity. It's got over forty thousand. But I mean, that Pirata Fuentes. That's I mean, that's one of the more historic, you know, stadiums in in in, uh, in soccer in Mexican, you know, Mexican history soccer. Like, well, I forgot when was it built. Pirata Fuentes. 1967. Named after a pretty good player who yep. played in Spain and Argentina. One of the yeah. first to go abroad. Belis. Uh-huh. Speaking, speaking of trash stadiums, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I that the, the stadium that is, that was a World Cup stadium, is also in, it looks like a dump. The Nessa Stadium. Yeah. Damn. See, but that 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 stadium was actually built for the World Cup. I mean, that that was that was that was going to happen. I mean, that's that's why you know for those World Cup stadiums, I think that's where like you want to use stadiums that the actual clubs use. You know, um, because it was just, I mean, Nessa's not really nice. I mean, if you think about it, Nessa, the, the, that stadium's not really nothing to brag about. It was it was cheap, you know. Obviously, they had what Toros Nessa played there. I think Atlanta played there as well for a couple of years. Um, so, yeah. I'm looking at the stadium. So, you had uh, Irapuato, you had Leon, you had Zapopan, the de marzo uh, Monterrey eh, Querétaro Toluca Nesa obviously uh, Jalisco Azteca and Olympic and the uh, Cuauhtemo Estadio Cuauhtemo hey, for, you know Cuernavaca back in the day that, there's a lot of old money in Cuernavaca okay so there, yeah, for, for me I think what is it, the last team I think that played in Cuernavaca was the Colibris and that was just a, I mean, that was just a shit show. Uh, I mean, they, <laughs> that's that ownership that group that had that had that airline, I think, uh, company. And I think they only played one year or one season in, in, in the league, and they basically got relegated. But I mean, Cuernavaca back back in its you know back in the day they did actually have you know some uh, some first division teams in in and around the area. So like like I said, there's 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 areas that that if you had ownership groups, I'm sorry, like guaranteed first division, you know, franchises, I guarantee you would have uh, an independent, an independent uh, first division or, or just an independent league, you know. What uh, what other uh, what other stuff that you heard today from the uh, from the presser? Oh, that you thought was good or was just shit. I forgot to mention the sort of the things they're doing with uh, in collaboration with Comebol. Uh, obviously, Copa America 2024. We talked about it last week, but also some uh, final four type of tournament, including the champions of CONCACAF, Copa Libertadores and Sudamericana. So not necessarily uh, an invite to return to Libertadores, but still some cross pollination cross-pollination with Gordon oh, that, that invite's there. That, that invite's there, Jaime. I mean, it, but I agree with you. It's, it's not the same as a Libertadores, but it's a start. 
And I feel this cup does well. It could be expanded, you know, and, and of course those teams will come because it's, you know, money talks. They're broke. Yes. <laughs> but isn't it basically just a, that tournament, that Final Four crap? Isn't it just a knockoff Interamericana from back in the day? The Interamericana was just a champion versus champion. Um, Isn't that what this is too? But it's four teams. So wouldn't it be, you know, two from each region? If it's going to be be exclusively in the U.S., that that, that reeks of Warner and Blazer. (laughs) They're not around, though. Though, uh, they're They're not around. They're disciples. I, can, I, I, I know that. I know that. But like, for example, I can understand Copa America playing in the U.S. because it's going to be a precursor to the World Cup, and I think it's in everybody's interest. Both, both. But, but, you know, but, but, I, but Ron, the, the selling point is here, though. It, it's it's ultimately to sell the sport to the American market, and then the money's going to come through. Through the money's going to come through, like the sponsorships here and whatnot. So if they could. Stuff like this can help the sport grow, and then you have a World Cup, and then you have these type of tournaments, and now more people are watching. That's a okay. lot of money that's going to get pumped into the sport, and okay. then all of a sudden, all of these tournaments, they, you know, they, they could become better uh, just because of the money. All right, so it says here, uh, I'm, re- I'm reading from the uh, from the uh, FFF website, so. It says, Trabajo con CONCACAF y FIFA para un nuevo calendario de competencias de CONCACAF, evento de alta competencia en verano del 2025 y torneos de gran nivel en el 23, 24 y 25. There you go. That, that just reads like, like, You start somewhere. Ron, remember, <laughs> Champions League started as an invitational tournament from LA Keep. Yeah, you you remember? Did you guys ever see that skit with uh, uh, listen Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, where he's playing a Muslim guy and he goes into like into uh, he's, he's trying to sell off he's trying to sell the image of a mosque in this really really like redneck uh, area of the United oh, States. It's in uh, it's in Arizona. It's in uh, uh, Kingman, Kingman, Arizona. He's he plays a hippie. That's trying to sell a mosque to the, the like the rednecks. Yeah. So, so basically, <laughs> when you see that presentation that he's giving before and after, that to me, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, so you're trying. What are you trying to sell me here? But, so you're gonna sell. Where, first of all, where are those tournaments gonna be? Is it just gonna be in the U.S.? You know, is it gonna I, be? I in Mexico? if it is just U.S. No, I think eventually. If you're gonna do it, okay. If you're gonna do it, no. You if you're gonna do it, then use all use Mexico, use Canada, and the U.S. If you're only gonna do it in the U.S., that's just that's just Blazer Blazer Warner Part Two. That's that's a money grab. It's all it is. But it's a, yeah, but it's from everyone. You know, it's it's from I all mean, those confederations. Yeah, but that, it doesn't make sense if you're actually having a competition that needs to be played everywhere. No, but this is just starting again. It's it's just the starting point, just well, just yeah. to see and and 
It's, it's, like when you're, it's like when you're handing out free samples at the store, and then you see if there's going to be demand for it later. So are you saying that the uh, 2001 Copa Gigantes, Copa de Gigantes, is legitimate now? <laughs> no, but it was more of the same. But I think, I think uh, back but then, it's obvious that the Mexican teams wouldn't take it serious. And then they would just send reserves and youth. And that just killed it, you know, before it even got off. If, if they offered the right amount, you know, and got the right commitment and teams sent their best players, I, I do think it would generate good interest. I, I was saying before the pot started, I was talking with Jaime, and way before COVID, I don't know if you guys remember, they, was, they were having all these tournaments in the U.S. You wouldn't even have European teams come and do their whole preseason over here. You had those uh -huh. tournaments where America versus Man U. You even had Chivas playing like Atletico, and you had the you know these Mexican teams playing in these type of tournaments. And and um, so it's kind of down the line of that where you could eventually even invite European teams. Yeah. You said all that just for to excuse his money grab hole. <laughs> well, because these. It's it's a business first, so you need the money. Yeah. This this costs money, even if you know. And and for the most part, you're losing money. For That's sure. one of the things. For the most part, they're gonna lose. That's the other thing we need to keep in mind. Trying to launch some of these things, you know, it's it's not it's not always free. It's uh, it's it it could it could be costly. It could end up costing money. But but what I don't like about this is the Mexican media. They're selling, well, not the media, the the thing, the conference is happening today. But the John de Luisa and the, the little, that troll, Mikel Arriola, that, he looks like that guy from Lord of the Rings. That, uh, that smirk. They call him? <laughs> oh. That guy looks weird. Well, why is everyone giving these guys a pat in the back? Shouldn't this be like the normal for a functioning league? Like, like and and they're pretending like this this fake libertado, liber, libertadores <laughs> like it's a legit thing. They're like trying to appease the fans, but at the same time make money, thinking they're dumb enough to think it's libertadores. Well, it's it's controlled the media. So if if the sponsors are in on it, like let's say ESPN is gonna carry that tournament. And they're gonna send a memo to their, you know, to their, to their shows and be like, "Hey, you need to promote this because this is what's helping pay you guys." I don't like it. What's up? So, and, and I don't know if you touched it. Wasn't there some improvement or some facilitation for uh, for Mexican players to be able to migrate over to to play in Europe? Yeah, some some sort of nonsense thing on the on their plan. I'm not really sure what that looks like, but it was brought up that they are going to make an effort to encourage young players and make you know have less restrictions on them being exported to to Europe for the greater good of of the national team. And I, again, I don't know how how you can do vague that. words. It's vague words. It didn't go into any detail. Yeah. Again, a bunch of lip service then. So 
maybe what that means is uh, the Pacto de Caballeros and, and sort of eliminating that. I don't know. That The Pacto de Caballeros, believe it or not, is a necessary evil. Because if I you really agree. think about it, if you really think about it, that's how the NFL operates. That's how the NBA operates. That's how MLB operates. You have Europe operated like that. So, so I mean, you're going to have, so, I mean, like I you know, like, for example, what's his name? Uh, Godel. Godel serves at the pleasure of basically the, the, the owners. So in reality, that's what, that's what John De Luisa is. He basically serves at the, at the pleasure of, you know, uh, of the, of the, you know, the, the, the owners, the ownership groups. Cause they're so the ones that he holds his wife's hand. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, I mean, I know that everybody wants to. I know that everybody wants to to you know shit on John Luisa and get me. Don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm on there too, but I know that I know that ultimately he is not the shot caller. He's not the one that's going to move mountains. He at the end of the day, he's going to do what the owners. Uh, he can make. I mean, basically, he can make proposals and he can you know propose you know propose a project and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, that's he. He's not the one that makes the call. That's that's Grupo Orlegi. That's Grupo Pachuca. That's Grupo Televisa. That's you know, those, that's all those guys. Good yeah, point. I, I don't even, I honestly don't care about any sort of lip service or idea that they may have for exporting Mexican players because the first thing they need to do is be able to develop Mexican players within yeah. their own league. But, so it, but, it's, it's a moot point, man. To, to so, even, but going back to what I was said last week, hmm? if, 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 I, this, and I still I can't wrap my head around this. If you're, if the point is to have one of the best leagues in the world, why the hell are you so hell bent on sending players basically to uh, to other places? Because it's a pipe dream, I, man. I, it is. I think that's so, to appease the fans. That's just to appease the fans. For, for you know what, we need to forget about Europe. Forget Europe. No, you know, the, that's what, if, if if you're gonna if he goes. We're we're in North America. Certain things work better here in North America than they do in Europe. We're never going to have an FA Cup. We're never going to have a Copa del Rey. We're never going to have a Champions League because as much as we want, our our Liga is the best you know cup tournament in in North America. It's better than the Concacaf League. It's better than you know because I mean really I mean our 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 best eight teams are better than everybody else. MLS included, Guatemala. El Salvador, you know, and no, no knock on them, you know, but our league is the best is the best tournament in in, in our hemisphere, and in, in our region. It's, it's better than some of the some of the ones in South America too. Well, I well, I agree. I agree with that. I would only put maybe the Brasileirao, and and may possibly the Argentina league, but even then. Probably just the Brasileiro. Well, it's, again, it's, it's one of those things that people mis, mis, you know, kind of misinterpret when people say that the Mexican League is one of the most competitive leagues in the world. Use it with, with when people. People think you're saying it's one of the best leagues in the world. It, it's not, but it's but it's one of the most competitive because you get it. You get into the tournament, and who ends up winning it? I don't know. In, ter- in terms in terms of the league, it's, it's the top. It's the top four. It's Brazil, Argentina, and then Mexico. Then Mexico, yeah. And, and 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 once, and we were so close. We were right there, almost right there. You know, like, for example, Yeah. Yes, I mean, uh, you know, three three the three years that Mexico participated in Copa Sudamericana, three finals and one and one, one out of the three. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then and then obviously. You know, like I, you know, Mexico's first participation 
in Libertadores was in 98. By 2020, by, by 2000, they reached the semifinals, you know, America against Boca and a hell of a game. And then 21, and then basically three years, you know, uh, the year, you know, the season uh, next, the year later in, in 01, Cruz Azul reached the finals. So I guarantee you, if Mexico would have stuck in Sudamericana and stuck in Libertadores, I guarantee you we'd have, the Mexican League would have had, you know, at least a couple, at least, at least two Libertadores and, and a couple more Sudamericanas. That's what these Sudacas don't get. They, they, uh, oh, they get it. The ones in South America get it. The ones here, they don't get it because obviously of the, uh, the little, the little tensions, you know, amongst Latinos and shit like that. But the ones in South America, they know, they know what they're up against when they face Mexican teams. Oh, it's a sure. lot like the Chicanos don't understand a lot of the, the, the 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 good that the Mexican league has, right? It's it's yeah. It's, it's the same shit. Yeah. So they understand it. I mean, this I, I I've told you stories about about you know like like for example the, the yeah <laughs> and I used to live in Houston and before this was before Fox Sports and and shit like that you know where you had to have a basically a satellite you know to get channels from from the border. <laughs> Or, or, or wait, you wait, wait, hold, hold on, Ron. We, we need to explain this to the younger audience. <laughs> those were All the right. those were the giant satellites that you could talk to the astronauts in Are the about International CCTV? Space Station. So, <laughs> huge, so, huge yeah. CC, like what? Yeah, CCTV. So just so you know, the younger crowd is, is only Jaime and, and Ricardo, because my brother-in-law, Ron Mexico, is older than all of us, <laughs> man. All right, so no, no, but so, but also listen, we, we do get some younger. So, what that's so, No, because because the, the the younger viewers, I mean, they're spoiled. I mean, they get to. I mean, they're able to watch everything whenever they want at the hour that they want. For us, back in the at least you know in the eighties and nineties, it was tough watching. You know, and, and the further you got away from the border, it was tougher to watch because if you lived in the border, like in McAllen, Texas, or whatever stuff like that, you were able to watch. You know, you know the the channels from. From, from the Mexico. radio station for for some of the some yeah. of the pretty good from so, good uh, radio so, shows. So for like for someone that wanted to watch Copa America, like in '97, or or you know or Libertadores in 2000 and you know '98 and stuff like that, you had to go to these you know just you had to, you had to go into into like the Hispanic parts of town in these fucking shitty fucking bars. Bars, yep. To, to watch it, and that's how I used to watch. It was yeah, closer it, to, not even pay per view. Yeah, closer, it was, closer. It was, it was uh, what is it? PSN. I think that was the channel. And and like and and, it, and it's funny. And that's when you first realized, you know, like shit. Everybody's against the Mexicans. <laughs> I mean, I used to, I used to go to this place over there on Houston off a, off a hillcroft uh, called Rita's uh, Billiards, right? Rita's Pool House. And um, good looking waitresses, by the way. And um, she cared us. So, so describe them. <laughs> Uh, believe it or not, they had them dressed like Selena. <laughs> like it was, it was, it was pretty. You know, it's like I, I, I had actually taken a couple of my fraternity brothers. You know, you know, you know, Bengals in there. You know, they actually, you know, they thought it was a pretty cool, you know, environment. But uh, I just, I just remember. I mean, I used to watch just about all. I used, I watched all the Libertadores games there. Like you know, it was when America was playing them. And I mean, I just remember, dude. Like when you know Mexico, you know, because I think in that in in in, in two thousand. They had, 
they had played, what is it, Bolivar. They had played, I forgot who they played, but, you know, they, they ended up beating Boca Juniors in the semifinals. But, I mean, that place was basically like 5% Mexicans and everything else. They didn't matter if you were Colombian, didn't matter if you were Central, you know, Central American, South American. You were, they, they were rooting against the Mexicans. And, and I found that to be just like that. Like, for example, when, when Mexico played in uh, uh, Mexico, the under-23 played against the U.S. for uh, La Volpe to go to the, uh, what was it, the Olympics in, uh, in uh, was it in Athens? Yeah. That game, that game oh, wasn't yeah. like, they didn't, you know, what's the name? They didn't have Fox Sports or stuff like that. You had to go watch that in closed circuit. And I remember I watched that game. I had to go, I, I went to Rita's and it was the same thing, dude. You, you, it was just like 5%, you know, rooting for Mexico and everybody else. And you could, I mean, and everybody had, you know, their jerseys from like, from like their home country, Guatemala or whatever, you know, and boom, they were just against Mexico. So you, you, you got that, that anti-Mexican, you know, sentiment, you know, it was, it's lovely, it was, isn't it? It is. It's, it's, it, 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 it was so fun sometimes walking out of that, you know, that bar because, they didn't. They wouldn't. Ex- they didn't expect that the Mexican teams would go to fucking like, for example, uh, La Monumental, uh, you know, in River Plate, or that they would go into these, you know, hostile stadiums in South America and come out with the wins. They thought that they thought that the Mexican teams were going to fucking tuck tail and run, but no. And it's not like they were fucking. It's not that these teams were playing for the tie or or, or you know or, or just fucking you know parking the bench. No, they were taking it to them. Rod, and I think those are good good examples for 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 people who aren't aware, man. They, these are these are you know you're talking about your local clubs going going to, to foreign soil and winning. Yeah, not 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 European based players. All right, mm. no. the type of the type of grit that the Mexican player has. They just yeah, I mean, it it was so fun watching. You know, it was it was so much fun watching. You know, our our, our teams going into like you know into like historic, you know, stadiums and, you know, historic teams, you know, playing against Peñarol, Nacional, Colo Colo, Flamengo, you know, Gremio. And, and, and really, really quick around the pressure was, it was at another level. I remember, I think, yeah, I think it was America. They were going to play against a Colombian team and, and they made death threats to Cuauhtémoc Blanco. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was uh, against America de Cali. Uh, that was in that was in the uh, t- that was in the tw- 2000 uh, Copa Libertadores edition, and I got to assume uh, zero cares on Cuauhtémoc. No, he he fucking played like he played like a fucking boss, dude. He fucking played like a boss. That dude, no fear, man. Yeah, and it is funny because uh, Frankie Ove- Oviedo was on that team on the on the uh, other uh, on the Colombian side. Oh, such a good yeah, he was a good, a fantastic player. And Damn, I've heard he that talk, in a he, long time. He he would talk, you know. I heard a couple of interviews with him, you know, after the fact. So like when he came to uh, when he came to the U uh, to Mexico, like you know, Cuauhtémoc and the guys would basically, you know, they they would say they would call him el narco and shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, I like that's what that's what these a lot of these younger you know viewers don't. Don't realize, you know, how hard the, the 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 ownership groups and you know and the fans. I mean, for years and years, wanted to you know to play against you know the Argentinas and and the Brazils on a daily basis, and you know where not just not just international exhibitions, but real fucking tournaments. 
What are you saying? The League's Cup isn't a real tournament? <laughs> How dare you shit on that prestigious cup? You know, uh, it's a shame to play that. I mean, those, uh, that was... You miss I mean, starting a riot, don't you? I mean, I mean, even 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 watching them, even watching Chivas. By this time, by this time, you were uh, able to watch it, you know, without having to, you know, risk your life and go to some fucking bar where you might have gotten your ass kicked by some Central Americans and South Americans. But, um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, I remember like even even watching like Chivas versus Boca, you know, Chivas played, you know, Chivas played, you know, Atlas. Atlas also played wonderfully in, in, in the 2000 uh, edition of the Copa Libertadores. I mean, eventually, I think they got eliminated by River Plate, but they played a hell of a... I mean, they, they played really well. I mean, La Volpe had that, that team playing really, really well. So what you're telling me is uh, you've heard <laughs> this before as far as uh, empty promises and... Us as listeners and fans of Liam Mecki should not uh, count our chickens before they hatch. Nah, Take it with I, a grain of salt, man. Yep, I, I don't see anything significant there. You know, going from one, going from eight to seven, doesn't do anything. That's that's basically well, a yeah. That's because you're holding on to those to those memories, man. <laughs> you, you want that back, like you you want the oh, X do. factor. Like, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a good, exciting brand of footy, man. It, it was. It, it, was. Stuff. It, it was. It's like you you had the Ferrari. Now you're being forced <laughs> to take public transportation. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, no, I, I want the Ferrari back. Now you got you know? to drive a hybrid. Ew. You know? It's not even that, man. That's the yellow line on the bus, man. <laughs> it's like from the other guys. You know when uh, was it? Uh, they're driving the what is it? The Prius. The Prius. And they're making fun of. <laughs> they're making fun of the Prius. Yeah. No, but that, that's what I'm saying. It's like you you had. I'll, I want that because I that was just a better product. What what ended up happening was Mexico charging too much money and. No. 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 This is this is where basically the the Caribeños. The yeah. Caribeños basically wanted more more money, uh, more cash cow out of the Mexican fan. So that's basically in, in 2011. That's when they put. Um, that is when they put the uh, the ultimatum. On, Blazer, right. That was when they put you know Warner and Blazer put the ultimatum on the Mexican on the Mexican uh, teams that hey you're not gonna you're you're not gonna send. Your best. You're not going to send a B team to Concacaf Gold yeah. Cup and yeah, send your A team to Copa Mexico America. Mexico needs Mexico needs permission from Concacaf Conca in order to, to participate. In order to per, yeah, so then Concacaf, like Ron said, they they wanted at one point they're like, okay, we need to promote our tournaments more. So you're and saying of course Mexico's the cash cow. We've been mandilones so, this whole time. So okay, if if you remember before the Champions League, Concacaf Champions League, they had the the Concacaf Champions Cup. It, to me, that was fine because the Mexican teams and MLS they basically came into the tournament at the quarter at the quarter. Um, what is it? The quarter. Uh, the the quarter round, right? The quarterfinal round. So it was just it was a very short. At least for the Mexican teams, it was a very short tournament, and. And and it and it basically only took one part of the calendar year, and for me that was fine because that that allowed that allowed 
uh, the the Liga MX teams to compete in Sudamericana and 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 uh, Libertadores. And Libertadores. But then uh, they played Mexican. The Mexicans played Sudamericana in 05, 06, and 07. After 07, Coca said no. Then that's when they basically changed the format of the Champions Cup to the Champions League, and and th they basically said no, no more Copa Sudamericana. But we'll allow you to compete in Copa Libertadores. Yeah. Okay. But but th that even came with some strings attached. So and, and with the with the Copa America, send the youth team. Yeah, and that was That's 2011. Right. Yeah. That was 2011. I was actually going to make plans to to attend that as as press as a photographer to Argentina because I mean I mean I I had just come from uh, the year before from from uh, South South, from South, South Africa. Yeah. So I was so looking forward to that, to cover that, you know, Copa America. But then when they said, you know what, you're only going to, you know, it's going to be the youth team. I said, you know, fuck that. Is that you when know? they sent Vosso? Or was that That's, a... Yeah. The, no, yeah, yeah that, was, was... That, was, that was that was when they sent Vosso and stuff like that. But basically ever since then, you know, that was, like I said, that was 2011. And... Isn't and that really, also where the Jonathan Dos Santos and some of the guys got busted with prostitutes too? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, again, I mean that that to me was kind of like killer. that was for me that was the beginning of the end, you know. Um, so then, so finally, so then they finally were able to get Blazer and uh, Blazer and Warner out of there. But by that point, the Mexican uh, executives. <clears throat> Had drinking the had had drinking the Kool Aid, and got and got suckered into say, hey, wait a minute, F forget the South American tournaments. We'll make more money here, you know, United States. Uh, in the United States. Now, two gold cups, Nations League, Nations all League, league yeah. all that shit. Campeones de Camp Campeones Cup, Leagues Cup, all that crap. Super League. And, and and that's and that's oh. what I'm and that was and that's me going back to what I was used to say, is that okay. If if you're committed, if you're really committed with Canada and the U.S., fine, okay, fine. But you got to go all in. You can't you can't have this shit. You know, it's like, hey, we're gonna, you know, hey, let's clap our hands, pat ourselves on the back because we're gonna send, you know, some of our best players to, you know, to third rate for, you know, for third rate and second rate teams in Europe. Hey, we were twenty seconds away from sending Araujo to Barcelona B. Okay, twenty seconds away. So. <laughs> But you just practically described I, MLS. That's I almost popped do. a bottle because we were sending a Mexican to Barcelona. <laughs> Barcelona B. Barcelona B. <laughs> With Rafa Marquez, I think he's coach over there, right? And, and that kid, they 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 got it's a loan, right? That they're gonna get. They they were gonna get him for for four million. Yeah, America, Barcelona ain't got no money for that. They, they were charging America ten for him. The these wacky uh, football economies, this bubble's gonna burst any minute, man. With Liga MX, I doubt well, it. Man. I, I, well, I think sometimes what they do is like, like if if they send them to a Euro team, they could say. We want a percentage of the next transfer, and then that's how they they make the rest of the money. And so with Max, they're kind of like I, I think 
Liga MX teams are least likely to do those type of deals. It's just crazy though because you're you're basically gambling on a future price when somebody within the league can offer that money, if not more, now. So yeah, with Mexican football, it's always short-term thinking, and I don't think they're going to be able to convince clubs to be like, "Hey, man, you know, don't sell within the league. Let's send these kids to Europe for the greater good of the national team." I just, I don't see that happening. But 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 the thing about it is, and technically, the league shouldn't even be about that. The league shouldn't be about you know developing players for the national team. You know, in an I, ideal world, that shouldn't be the case because you, the the, well, the idea of the national of the league should be to to to, to provide the best amount, you know, the best product quality. that it can. Yeah, it should be the federations. I mean, like the federations should have something kind of like what the what was it like um, the French have that 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 famous uh, school. Pontaine uh, what is it called? Academy. Yeah, or something Pontaine like that. Pontaine or Pontaine, yeah. I mean, like, if you're basically just about all the all their their World Cup players, or at least a good chunk of them, winners have come through that academy. You know, I think the idea behind Liga Mekis, like, why they want to do this, is because it'll bring more attention to the league, right? If you're constantly exporting talent to Europe and they succeed and they're doing well, all of a sudden you're going to have more eyeballs on the league. And I think we did see that maybe ten years ago when we were you know, exporting the Chicharitos of the world and, and Ochoas and all that. We did have more eyes on the league. And But, hey, the common, the common European fan doesn't watch the Argentine league, nor does he watch the Brazilian league. Well, I think we, they're, we, I, I mean, I think they're mentioning I mean, that they, they, sometimes. No, don't, don't get me wrong. They, they, know, they know about the great teams of Boca and, and River and, yeah. and stuff like that. Like, for example, Mario Camoranesi said, hey, the Italians, they don't know shit about the Mexican league. Yeah. But 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 on that on the same note, they don't they don't watch they don't watch the Argentine league they don't watch the Brazilian league either. You know they know about you know a lot of the historic you know the, the historic uh, you know teams because obviously they they uh, import a lot of those players from those teams so they know about those teams. But I, I, I think it's I think it's a pipe dream to think that you're going to get European eyes to watch uh, to watch the league. I think that's just yeah. Not, I never I understood that talking point. They made it seem like it was at a loss, you know? They were saying, you know, oh, I, MLS can be seen in Europe. So in e- it's like, it's on at like 3 in the morning. Yeah, but yeah, like no. in, in England, you got to think about England, bro, how obsessed they are with football and how they can't even watch their own clubs uh, 3 p.m. On, on Saturdays. Like, they can't, like within their own country, they can't even watch their clubs, and they're just hungry for anything. And they'll they, there might be somebody up at 2, 3 in the morning. I mean, pubs out there are open till like 6, right? And it's just something. I, I, it's just something that's on TV, and they can actually just have access to. I, I think it's more realistic to expect that you're that you can get Liga MX, you can get the American fan to watch it, you can get the Central American U.S. based fan, uh, U.S. you know based uh, fan to watch it, you can get the Central American fan to watch it, and you can get basically the uh, the Ecuadorians, the Colombians, the Chileans, Canadians? even the Canadians. You can get them to become fans because they're already there's a bunch of them that are already fans, okay. But I I think you know to to, to expect that you know Africa is going to start watching or that Asia is going to start watching or even Europe is going to start watching, nah, not really. It, I mean, I, you but, know, but to not even have it as a as an option, you know, that's the real shame. 
Well, I, I think MLS I think MLS is promoting their their league out in MLS, Europe. MLS, you can watch MLS in Europe, dude. Yeah, yeah, but but here's the thing: they sell those rights. Obviously, they sell them as a package deal, which we don't have. But they all they're also what do you call it? Uh, they're also what do you call it? Sell sell those rights dirt cheap. It's it's like it's like the 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 uh, the uh, it's like what is it that that magazine from uh from Average Joe's Gym? What is it? The uh, obscure uh, <laughs> what is it? Obscure ESPN sports. A. Yeah, the Ocho. Yeah, yeah, it's like on the Ocho, and 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 it's on the uh, the obscure sports reports. They had slap fighting and squirrel jet skis. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, 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 I'm not knocking on the I'm not knocking on those sports by the way because I remember when I this is this is like when I when I moved when I moved to college and I moved and I was living in the frat house. That was the first time I had. I always had cable growing up, but this is the first time we had satellite. And there was like 500 fucking channels, dude. And I just remember yeah, you one day. You watched all the days, naughty ones, didn't you? You, you skeevy bastard. <laughs> that was I think channel 495. The, the, it was called 10, the erotic network. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's that's the only stuff that had hardcore stuff. The other, the other Playboy stuff, nah, that's just too soft. But anyhow, um, uh, what was it? So so they had uh, – I remember just flipped, one day flipping through those fucking channels, and there was this – like it was like almost the equivalent of the Ocho, and it was basically they were showing this sport in Europe where they're basically rolling this goddamn iron ball, like maybe like the size of a goddamn tennis ball. And basically the, 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 the purpose of it was to roll this iron ball along the streets, you know? So you're basically just rolling a goddamn ball. It goes maybe about four or 500 yards and then it stops wherever it stops. That's where you have to roll it. And then like, you're basically going from town to town, you know, and these towns are only a couple kilometers away from each other, you know, like 10, 12 fucking You're kilometers. Watching from I'm watching this. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and I couldn't fucking, and I was glued to the teeth. I was like, damn, this is pretty cool. <laughs> you must have been baked, bro. What the hell? No, no, dude. Just, Someone, that was, uh, it was like that sport where they, what is it? They roll like some round thing and then they're like sweeping in front of it. That's curling, mate. Yeah, curling. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's, I was thinking about it, like, damn. But yeah. Ah, hey, but uh, just because it's available to watch in the UK, and it doesn't mean they're actually watching it, though. No one's exactly. watching it here. No, I like I get it. They may or may not adopt it, but you're telling me they like a Liga Mekis like Ligia match. The way the drama goes, like someone's gonna watch it. Someone's gonna watch yeah, it. We- Jaime, we actually had someone in England in this pod that watched the Liga MX game like two, three in the morning yep. and became a big fan. He ended up working for Santos, and I haven't heard of that guy in a long time. Uh, he was on Twitter, Tom Harrison, uh, really cool dude, but that's how he he became a fan. What's the story with uh, uh, Tom Marshall? Oh no, he went to Canada, I believe. He went to Canada, and so I think that's how he got exposed to the game. Who? Who are you talking Tom, about? Right? I'm uh, talking about Tom, Tom Harrison. No, I brought oh, up. Okay, okay. I brought up Tom Marshall though. Like, what? What's his story? Because he's obviously not Mexican. And he has a British accent. Wasn't that uh, the guy I, I, that would share notes with Osorio? 
He did do an article on him. Pretty good one, too. Well, folks, we're almost at a two-hour mark. I do want to leave you guys with, uh, you know, last final thoughts. If you guys want to just pop in and, and have, like, a hot take or something that you wanted to get off your chest. I know America's coming in high with that 6-0 six, six lead against uh, Mazatlan. Now you guys are feeling good. Always nice to oh, get a slumber sure. in there. Boner-inducing game. <laughs> El Gigante despertó. Road to the 14, part two. <laughs> to the 17, unofficially. But, yeah. but real quick, Jaime, I wanted to bring up something you guys were talking about last week. Yeah. Because you guys are talking about a lot of good topics. But one, I, 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 can't, I can't just get on here and not shit on Chivas. You know? <laughs> I was waiting. Because uh, in the news, and uh, they were talking about this, uh, the oh, the the group of owners that are going to be in charge of the decisions being taken for, for the coach for the future, and the coach and all that crap, that tole al dedo that they're giving us. I I understand why America's there. They're the Don, they're the Godfather, the Padrote and Papi. All right, I get that. And I get why uh, that uh, <clears throat> Orlegi's there. He's uh, the coddled son right now. But what I and, and uh, Chronicle made a good point also about uh, the 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 TJ owner, the Grupo Caliente. Did I you just answer your question? No, well, I'm, I'm not talking about uh, Grupo Caliente. I know why they they're there. Because they sponsor all the for a, a lot of the teams, they got the logo in the back, so that makes sense. And then, wow. they, they... but what I don't get, why the hell is Chivas there? What the <laughs> hell they do they con- <laughs> what, what do they contribute? They're what crossing it? streams with Oscarraga. How about <laughs> eleven Mexicans every week in and week out? How about that? <laughs> Mediocre Mexicans. Hey, no, they, Mexicans Mexicans man. they are Mexicans. <laughs> and approved. I think it has more I think it has more to do with with Chivas finally aligning back with Televisa. And I wouldn't be surprised if they end up signing some type of contract for TV Bend, or most likely bending streaming. The knee, I, Not aligning. <laughs> bending the knee. Game of Thrones style. They're admit because there's a, I, these wacky Chivas fans that think that the entire league is against them. But then you see the owner on his knees, sucking on his thumb, thanking, thanking my tío Azcárraga for the money he's going to give him. Yeah, no, I, I think it is true. They, they are bending the knee. They, they were in the he, wasteland he, for a long time. You the uh, no lies detected uh, GIF film there. <laughs> No, but ultimately, it didn't work out for them. They tried their own streaming. That didn't. <laughs> it's Not a massive failure. QS TV was massive failure. Uh, the, the money in, in the U.S. seemed to have dried up for many reasons. They weren't able to get the massive contract they thought they were going to get. And then even in Mexico, with despite all these other options now, 
no one really stepped up and gave more. So now they're sort of like the prodigal son returning back. And and I do think um, it's, it's like that scene from lighting. Studio 54, <clears throat> like remember that with uh, Mike Myers, when the, the guy's negotiating. You remember that scene? No, I didn't see that. <laughs> I never mind. But I do feel it's it's it's, it's you know it's Disneyada. They're gonna they're gonna announce something and. So I don't think they even touched base on anything having to do with a potential coach or anything like that, right? Yeah, they are still on the hunt. One week it's Piojo, the other week it's Biesla, another week it's Almada. It changes every single day. I know that uh, Biesla was uh, rumored to go to Everton and that he even offered to coach the under-21 and to coach Everton when they get relegated. So I don't really know. He did go. He wasn't. I, I, he, I was he was surprised. in England, though. I was he surprised went. at that uh, at that uh, Alvaro Morales and Tuca Ferretti, where Tuca calls. Yeah, I was actually surprised at that. Like, damn, fucking Morales does have some clout. I mean, you having Tuca, yeah. you having Tuca call that guy. Yeah. yeah. So if Tuca, if Tuca is calling him for that. I'm assuming that he's probably getting information from the the Tigres front office. You know, their you know their uh, their people, and basically leaking. You know, that's how they're probably getting information. You know, uh, hey, look, Duca called Alvaro for the coke plug, okay, and he just happened to have this side conversation going, and it all caught on air, man. This was just like uh, I don't know. I wouldn't look too much into it. It was amusing. It was a fun. It was a fun, uh, fun segment on that show. But if I, if if he does have some clout and Tuca is leaking anything, so how do we feel about him saying that Piojo is not going to be the coach? I think it's a sigh of relief. <laughs> We've already had Barney Rubble. It's more of the same. We need something new, something fresh. And Piojo's yeah. on the bottom. You, you could- you could say the same with um, La Puente. His first stint was a bust, and his second stint he went on to do really well. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, but La Puente had a cool hat. <laughs> he had a candle. He had, to, he had to cover up that pelona, man. If they're taking this long to announce the coach, I, I think that's a sign of a good thing. They're they're taking their time. Or maybe they're desperate. I don't know. It just has to do, I think, with Mexico. They always tend to take their sweet time about finding a coach, right? So, Yeah, Ron was talking about how it's become like a, pretty much a spectacle now, the announcing of the new coach. It is. It's like electing a new pope or something, man. You're looking, you're looking for the white smoke on, I mean, on this uh, Anybody that takes that job is looking at career suicide. So I mean, it's kind of hard to convince but a coach in a fat in a fat wallet. But but yeah. hey, hold on, hold on, wait up. You have La Volpe that is that has said if he would offer it, he would take it. Osorio said his mis- biggest mistake was you know not renewing. Um, same thing. Piojo wants to be back. So oh it it should be it should tell you something when you know these former coaches. 
want the position again. Well, it's not. It's yeah, not. I, it's because of the money, bro. What are you talking about? No, no. They, think, they, could, they could. They could make more. They could make more money at the club level. Yeah, I, I don't I, think it's. I will tell you this: Piojo's the one guy that I think it's not about the money. Yeah, he truly. I think he, he's all about it. Yeah, you know, I would. I wouldn't say career suicide unless you do, unless it goes bad for you. Then yeah, it it puts that dark cloud over you, like happened with Mesa. And with Chepo. But a lot of these guys, when Sven they left, Goran. like Aguirre, when Aguirre left, he, he had, you know, he's he still ended up coaching and, and having a good career. Hugo. Uh, same. Hugo did. He went to Europe. I guess he just doesn't care too much to coach, but he still ended up coaching teams and, and he, he was, even did well in He was Spain. offended that Real Madrid never <clears throat> offered him the job on a silver platter. It was messed up. They gave it to that one Argentine guy. Was Solari or whatever? Solari, yeah. Yeah, and I think it was more political. And... For sure. Was it, where was he on the color scale? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but no, man. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what what that looks like. I. My guess is okay. Yeah, I know Almada said that he talked to somebody, but I think it's probably somebody from Grupo Pachuca. Uh, and then, uh, well, I, I don't necessarily think they've, they've, they've had a in-depth conversation with anybody. I think we're, we're probably looking what, like at no, they, late, they late just February, I, March. Where, I don't they just know. announced the committee, the committee in charge. Right. Anything before that is just one group of Pachuca always like using the media to promote themselves. Right. That was and the then, whole Aguirre thing and, and the list of demands. Oh, I want to use the Pachuca as training. That's just, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's almost like paid, paid promotion. Uh, sure. I really doubt, I really doubt Bielsa was going to meet with a non, with the non-FMF higher-ups to discuss yeah. the selection. That just sounds stupid to me. And, and then it got, you know, it got blasted everywhere in the media and then people fought for that shit. It's like, you're, you're wasting your time. Uh, the rumor now is that Federation will meet with Bielsa, uh, like what February twenty first or something, and it's been reported by two different. That's way too far. Uh, media, media. Well, it's already going to be February, right? It's the thirty first. That's that's so, two, That's three weeks away, man. We got a we got a match this, against Jamaica in March, I think. Whoever takes the gig is not going to coach that game. Well, yeah. keep in mind now the Nation League means something. Because that's now a qualifier. That's a qualifier for the uh, Copa America. Oh. Nations League. Uh, we're good. It's Nations League, dog. Um, who else has any closing thoughts before I wrap up episode three seventy one? Did you guys see that Hector Herrera? He wants to go back to Europe. Yeah. Well, does he well, not like Houston? He should have never left. Yeah, you're right. Hector yeah. Bruce Jenner Herrera. <laughs> I mean that, that, that split that split that split second, you know. I mean Herrera is really the one that let you know Messi slip for uh for that like nanosecond. I do have a I, I do have a question for you guys. How do you feel about Messi's comment about him saying that the most difficult match in the World Cup was against Mexico. We already knew that. 
We'd already said yeah. that on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But how do you feel about it now? It's not, I mean, it's not validation of anything. I mean, the, uh, you know, thought that for the past two years, his team was without ideas. So we all, I, I always knew based on the talent that Mexico has that they can go up against any team in the world. But, but I mean, I, I knew, I knew that, and like I said, you know, we said it, we said it, you know, we said it on the podcast, like shortly after the world cup, if Mexico would have allocated anywhere from five to 10% more time attacking the probability of Mexico walking away with, with at least a point. A draw. Yeah. Because both teams, it was, it was I mean, just, just, just like, remember just that, that image of, uh, of Pablito Aymar basically almost having, you know, hyperventilating and having, and having an attack. You didn't see that against, uh, you didn't see that against Holland. You didn't see that. You didn't see those emotions from, from even against France. And they but were being you, soft. They, they were being soft on Messi. I, I would have had a, like a thug, just knock him on his ass a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Just for good yeah. measure. No, no, yeah. that, that doesn't take much from, from Messi's comment either. I think obviously the, the mental stress of being on the verge of elimination would, would make that difficult, right? Yeah, but, yeah, of course. But, uh, I, you know, you know the, guy, no, the guys did mention that that was the toughest game. And, and uh, picking, uh, aside, aside from adding a little mental stress to the, uh, to the thing, I, you know, I, I, just like... I, it's fine. It's not no big deal. Picking Herrera over Edson Alvarez, it's one of those things that uh, keeps me up at night. <laughs> or shaking Roberto Alvarado over Linus too. Or see, see if you had Piojo there uh, a bit. Or Santi. If, if Piojo was the coach, I, I bet you the, the game would have been, you know, Mexico would attacked a bit more. They would have. Possibly, yeah. But yeah, to bring, to bring players that were injured, that was sort of a... Yeah, and, and not in good form. Uh, it, that was the disappointing thing to me. I don't I don't know what was going on in this guy's head. Right. Oh, it almost felt at one point that he was like, he was trying to sabotage. Well, come I don't on. think he was. I don't think, think he was, but it felt an... that way. He didn't want huh? to eliminate Argentina. But, you know, and, and I think I agree with, uh, with, it might have been Ricardo. So bringing Lainez over Alvarado, I would have done as well. Because Lainez has actually performed well for the national team. So, you know, he may not be getting his minutes at the club, but uh, club level. But I, I know that he's he's brought a little bit of excitement to the national team. For sure, folks. Most de- yeah, most definitely. Well, we do have Liga Mekis action on Thursday. San Luis versus Puebla. Not the most, uh, you know, attractive match. In fact, looking at this weekend, it looks like Cruz Azul Tigres might be a good one. Santos America might be a good one. Um, that's about it. Chivas play Querétaro after having a, a tough one against Juarez. Got the victory. All that matters. Um, Chivas. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, controversy there. But at the end of the day, hey, look, looks like they're going to restructure things. Looks like they're going to go back to the top eight in the Liga. So every point counts. Bye, Chivas. Do you guys remember when uh, couple, when, when when it wasn't the top eight, it was the uh, the groups? Yep. 
Did you guys like that? It was like three groups, no. right? Three or four groups. No, they, they had they, yeah, they had it. It was three or four. It was very confusing. No, it, it's it's it was just groups in the top two from each group advanced. What I hated about that time was, you know, because each group had the leader. Yeah. So then the the leader with the most points was the super leader, and that somehow carried over, and yeah. so you would have have like match day three, and they'll say super leader. <laughs> yeah, there there was a there was a, I think there was one. Ahead. There was points from second place, and they're calling them super leader. Yeah, yeah there was some uh, there were some instances where you actually had like the top eighteen not even qualifying. You had like the guy the, the team in in uh, in uh, the like the twelfth position, you know, advance. I remember a time when Puebla was on the brink of uh, relegation. At the same time, they were also eligible to make it to Ligia. Like, they scored a goal, and they got saved, but then they also, like, got their chance in Ligia. It was crazy. I'm like, how does that happen? You're on the... Because of the, 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 like, the percentage, because the, they yeah. were being relegated based on the tabla de percentage. Yeah, accumulation and, of... And three, it, yeah, yeah. And when you're going up against, like, the team that just got promoted, they're given, like, uh, more points per win... And so that's kind of who they were. Comp it was kind of similar to Chivas when that season when um, who it was Dorados in Sinaloa, where they, they were in danger of being relegated and they start off with like five games they can't win. But Dorados kept losing. <laughs> they were like just one up in Chivas. They kept losing every game. And then they bring in Profe Cruz. And by the time they brought him, I think, <laughs> you know, if he would have started the season, it, High probability Chivas would have been relegated. <laughs> well, oh, uh, something, something, uh, unsoccer related, but in a way it is related. Uh, you know, obviously the, the, the teams that are going to meet up for the Super Bowl, Kansas City, the Eagles, right? Philly. And, uh, yeah, and then, uh, you got Andy Reid, who, you know, when they, you know, when he uh, he won the Super Bowl, was it the season before? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because yeah, because it was the Bengals and whatever. But anyhow, like he he had the basically the, he the the coach that had been the, like coached the most amount of games. I don't know how many years I forgot. Without winning. To finally, yeah, without winning. But you know, you ask anybody in the league, he's one of the better, you know, one of the best coaches in the, in the history of the game. And that, and that's, you know, and that, and for me, that's one of the things that's, that, that kind of bothers me, you know, going, you know, re relating that to, uh, relating that to the, you know, Mexican league soccer is that, you know, many times, Tenure. you know, the press, yeah, many times the press is just, uh, it's just how many titles, how many titles, but they don't really, because they don't really understand the game. Like, Nobody would have discredited Andy Reid's career if he if he didn't win a Super Bowl. I mean, because the guy the guy was like a like a Marty Schottenheimer, you know, you know these coaches that you know never won, but left a legacy, you know. And and that's and and that to me, I think that's kind of like sad that that sometimes we don't you know because now now like you know like for example La Volpe, you'd always hear you know thirty thirty years 
only one title to show for, you know, or a lot of these coaches that have been around, you know, five, you know, 10 years, 15 years, and they only have one league and, and they want to discredit them just because, you know, they didn't have a title or they never won, but they don't look at, they don't, they, they, they don't look at the actual coaching because the difference between a man, between the manager and, and the difference between a coach. And they don't sometimes think, look at, look at it from the coaching standpoint of what is it that they're teaching, you know, the next generation of players, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally get that. Yeah, absolutely agree. Philly actually has a very unique uh, thing that can happen to them, uh, winning or losing all three major like trophies, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm hoping on it too. <laughs> they lost the World Series. They lost the uh, MLS Cup, MLS. and they have a chance to lose the Super Bowl. So pretty cool. They have an MLS team. Yeah, apparently they do, and uh, Fabi- you and Marco Fabian used to play there. <laughs> yeah, when yeah. He, when he came, Ron, have you gotten to go one of those? What's that? To uh, it's uh, MLS game there. Philly Union. I I, I actually uh, I think was it for the 2015 2016 uh, season. I actually had a, a season pass as a, as a photographer. Uh, I have not, to be honest, I have not gone back to cover them. Uh, probably in three, four years, but uh, I, I plan to. It's just you know, I just got really busy. Yeah, Jaime and I have the earthquakes over here, and uh, the last time I went, Beto gave gave me and my wife tickets, and and then would go back and forth between Jaime and us. Uh, but yeah, the, the earthquakes are hot garbage, man. Beto. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. they got the dynamo down here in Houston, and no one gives a shit. <laughs> I actually wrote I actually had written one of the first articles for for the Dynamo uh when they you know when they were a franchise and, and I was writing for the, the the you know mlsnet.com but shortly after that's when I moved out of that's when I moved out of uh out of Houston. Earthquakes fans are salty because they took that franchise moving to Houston, they won two titles. Yeah. And uh yeah, I mean those were like that was the Earthquakes team. Brian Ching and all those guys. Yeah, they used to play. Uh, they used to play their games what at the, at the at basically at Robertson, uh, where the uh, you know University of Houston, my alma mater uh, played the. I mean, it's funny because I used to watch games there, back even before you know I went to college, because a lot of the teams from Mexico and South America and Central America would basically play when they'd go to Houston. They would go over there, and, and that's and they. You know when uh, when Mexico got into the uh, or not Mexico, the Mexico got into the Copa Libertadores, but before before they you know had a, a direct you know pass to the Libertadores, they had to play against the the Venezuelans for the right to play uh, in Copa Libertadores. But so the way they so the way they basically chose which teams would play against the Venezuelans, they had the Copa Cears pre pre Libertadores, and uh, and you know you would have games uh, you know in the u.s and california and texas but they would the ones that were in texas in houston for the for the copa pre pre libertadores it was played at the university of houston and uh, I, I used to i used to go to all their you know those matches uh i remember there was this one uh uh who was it it was america it was a double header it was america atlas pumas and i want to say atlante that's when what's his name Horacio Sanchez was uh, part of the Pumas team. You know Hugo Sanchez's uh, nephew. 
I mean, that guy, he was, I mean, he was the main attraction. I mean, everybody thought that that guy was going to be the next Hugo Sanchez. Damn. Yeah, he looked good for like two seasons. And then he sort of just disappeared. Yeah, yeah. And then like years later, he came out to say that, you know, he didn't have a good career because, you know, he didn't pay his uncle the right, you know, the, the, the right to play. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Right, and it's funny, man, because, because, you know, unfortunately for Hugo, you know, you had his son and his, you know, his, you know, not that I believe it, but you had his son, the one that, you know, uh, unfortunately passed away. Yeah. And, um, and, and Horacio Sanchez is his, his, um, nephew. nephew basically, you know, speak, you know, speak bad of Hugo and kind of blame why their career didn't take off. And I thought that that's, you know, obviously a lot of people ran with, you know, Hugo, but I just thought that that was just them being salty that their career didn't turn out to be because they ultimately they control their own careers, you know? Yeah. And sometimes the person that's the hardest on you is the one that's closest to you, you know, so yeah. there's always that. But uh, gentlemen, we're out of time for tonight. I want to thank you all for hopping on tonight. It was a great conversation. Obviously, a lot of changes happening within Liga Mekis. And it's always uh, nice to have uh, some experience, some some different perspective on this and not sort of uh, eat it up like the younger generation has, especially with like the idea of a Mexican player going to Barcelona and, and how it's, you know, it's all smoke and mirrors. But uh, we do want to encourage our listeners to follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. You name it, we got it. We're here every single week and uh hopefully in the next coming upcoming weeks we can talk about mexico's new coach whenever the mexican uh federation decides to make that decision but uh hope everyone has what's so funny oh it's just what you said if uh if you don't have what is it kind of like from dust to dawn if we don't have it you don't want it or something I have no idea. I don't understand the reference, but I love the laughter. Does anybody anybody get that reference? I got the reference. Ah <laughs> uh, man! And get, with that, get, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you the clip. You'll understand you'll have the to, reference. Yeah, you have to send it to us. And and the show hype is getting late, man. It's getting late. Love you guys, and we'll catch you the next one. <laughs>